You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. to grind we got a special sponsor for today's episode rachel refused to do the podcast without well this was kind of it was, it was sort of like a uh, like we we came together we said hey what can we do to get you on the episode and she's like there's only one thing we got to do this first so right. let's talk about caninus right she was like either you give me twenty five hundred dollars up front or i'm not showing or uh, you can yeah. do this it's like radio row for super bowl like everyone comes on because they got something to pitch Yep, I demand a high fee these days. I mean, I know. For appearances. So let's talk about it. Tell me. Tell, last night. tell me. Canine's <laughs> collars, right? Yes. Tell us about it. Ba- it How did it start? <laughs> so it basically started out of the joke grindcore band that we started with the dogs, Budgie well, and Basil. You weren't in that, though, right? Because it was other people. No one's supposed to it, know that. No, it, oh my God. It's so long <laughs> after. Everybody knows who it was now. My spill al- secrets. Let's yes. spill. My alter ego was Bell Molotov. <laughs> and, and Justin was who? Suds something. Suds. And it was just you or, two? It, and Colin played drums. Colin, who was in Most yes. Precious Blood, he played drums Damnation. on one recording. Mm-hmm. Then we had a drum machine on several. And did the Richard Christie and stuff ever No, that's out? what I've still never finished. <laughs> All the music is done. I have not placed vocals and both our babies are gone now. And um, but I did record some new vocals from my current dog Spanky. Good. And uh, so Caninus Callers is the yes. extension of this band because when you have a band with dogs singing, what do they need? They need dog collars and leashes and poop Smart. bags and poop bags, t shirts soon. And <laughs> and so the thing I appreciate about Caninus is that these are things that people need for their animals yes and this is a cool way to support it because this isn't just going to petco and buying the generic yes. bullshit you can get something no. really cool from someone from the hardcore community rachel makes them herself i sew them myself little at my own sweatshop in my backyard yeah. awesome and, and i would live in a heart like she says sweatshop i'm like yo i would totally because <laughs> yeah. i made it nice it's more i should call it a she shed Nice. Even though I, I don't like that, like that term. Who burned down <laughs> my burned she shed? burned down my she shed. <laughs> Would you stop calling it a she shed? Beautiful. She's got a TV. got a whole fucking setup. So let's continue to build the she shed. Yeah. Um, yes. Expand the she shed. <laughs> I need more things. You should go to the website. Caninuscollars.com. That's C-A-N-I-N-U-S collars c-o-l-l-a-r-s dot com wow and we have lots of band collars which mm. nobody else really makes you're gonna use a password first oh yes you're gonna enter a promo code tom axe to grind and you're gonna want to spell it out what bands are you working with currently we currently work for and we have collars from uh madball madball terror indecision Misfit, the Misfits, um, Judas Priest, and I feel like there was something else. Oh, Sick of It All. Can't forget Sick of It All. Fucking no big deal. Judas Priest and Sick of It All. They're all official. All go through, you know, 
we we you know approach the band Licensed so these are not the, bootlegs the, the and yep. in the next month or so we have slayer motorhead and motley crew coming out wow. and we have more stuff like we're continuing to try and get more bands because it's fun to put you know have a Right, to have like a set it off. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> let's, be real. let's be real. There's plenty out there who spend a lot of money on t-shirts, this, that, and the other. Swag up your pets. Come yeah. on. Yeah. All right. I spend more money on my dogs than anything else. <laughs> and so should you. Caninuscollars.com. Enter the promo code. Axe grind. Spell it out. Little discount. Thank you, Rachel. On Thank to the you. show. Thank you. Bob Marley? Yes, they scan it. Yo. Ready? You get to do this. Ah. Oh, that was bad. Give me a good one. Yeah. Welcome to Axe to Grind. Yes. Is that how all the... Is that like your... Um, what's the movie thing that you... Uh, like and start, like the clacker? Yeah. Yes. yes that's, exactly. that's your clacker. You do yeah. a high five. Usually yeah. it's Bob and Pat. And then Bob I yell at yeah. Pat because Pat yeah. doesn't really always... Sometimes he comes in a little light. So Does Pat still have long hair? Okay. No, no. It was good. Sharp. Nice, crisp, like yeah. little haircut. He's great. Like, boys almost, regular. You almost know? employable. Almost. Well, his double down on the neck tats... So it's a he little. He covered the stuff he had. He got a neck tattoo cover up. Yes, it's his third, by the way. Because he just the birds were a cover on top of it of, of the original, and oh, then the Lord. new thing is a cover of the birds. He has that. other tattoos, though, right? Yeah, oh, he oh, does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because there's some people now that only have a neck tattoo. It's called like yeah, the Warped Tour bodysuit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we used to talk about the Connecticut sleeve. It starts at the wrist and works back. Down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, welcome to Axe to Grind. I'm Bob. I'm Tom. And joining us today, I'm Justin. Rachel. And you guys are in some bands or something, right? Tapeworm. I was in the Mesk Puppies. Mesk Puppies. <laughs> Farmer. Farmer. Mm-hmm. Who were you in, Rachel? SFA? I was in SFA. CFA? Not really. Millhouse. Did you ever play with Course for Alarm? Only practiced. Um, Millhouse, Wage of Sin, Indecision, Most Precious Blood. Which was the band that you jammed K-Ninus. with and they gave you shit for wearing a skirt? Or they said, you better not wear a skirt. Wasn't Class that for Alarm. That wasn't mm-hmm. bold? Oh, yeah, that was when I tried to play with... No, that was the indoor? new bit. Yes, thank you. Or but it wasn't indoor. War. It was bold. No, it wasn't, but it was uh, matte and... You and better not wear a skirt. War, probably. Yeah, I can't wear a skirt. No. Wow. <laughs> Tom, anytime you want to wear a skirt to extra ground recording, <laughs> you know, all I'm, good. We're cool. They, they look very comfortable. I was sweating. <laughs> like Wearing jeans, not a good idea. We've got a very Brooklyn recording today, so thank you guys for joining us. Before we get into the shit, let's thank our sponsors. Let's start with, uh, who should we start with today? Tab, we'll Tab Soda. Tab, Tab Soda. Soda. Tab Soda, a new sponsor, uh, straight to you I from 1978. I think you could get Tab, because I don't think... I don't think a lot of people are drinking Tab. They're still making it. It's I'm still, shocked that that still exists. It's still as refreshing as ever. I'm putting it on the list. It's made by Coca-Cola, though. Uh, oh, yeah. I heard a thing on the radio today that Diet Coke is worried about coronavirus because they make all the chemicals to make Diet Coke are made in China. Not surprised. And Supply because chain. things are like shutting down over there. Right. Yeah. They're like freaking out. Mm. We're going to talk to you about that. About Maybe they'll worry, They'll take coronavirus mm-hmm. seriously when people's Diet Coke oh, Yeah. When, yeah. when Trump's Diet Maybe. Coke isn't there. Yeah. Diet. So uh, Diet. let's start with... Closed casket? Run for cover records. Run for cover. Okay. Uh, doing a split. And actually, it's good that you bring up closed casket. Because it's tied in. Portrayal of guilt. Slow fire pistol split seven. Did you get a chance to listen to this yet or not? Uh, yes, I did. I was super impressed. I couldn't believe... So Slow Fire Pistol's been a band I've been kind of backing for a while. Yeah, my boy but, Hank. But when people tell me, I'm like kind of like a little bit reminiscent of 90s stuff, a little like touch of Screamo, but mostly fast. Yeah. This recording's by far their best. 100%. Just like huge step up. I almost couldn't believe it. My recommendation is if you're hearing 
90s reminiscent of screamo stuff and you're like eh, 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 no thanks yeah. give this a huge shot because i think it's faster it's more hardcore than people would probably expect and uh the portrayal of guilt side brings sort of like this super dark tinges of like death metal speed and a yeah. lot of different energy like black metal stuff yeah, yeah. black metal yeah. that's more what i was thinking um so i think that this is probably a great introduction to either band bands, sure. and both bands also have other material out so you can check it out you're gonna go to runforcoverrecords.com you're gonna enter the promo code axe to grind and do either of you know what you say <laughs> what's the phrase that pays yes what do you mean what well, you I? listen don't you yeah, but not all the time. So, okay. like when we do like the the, the you know here's the code, Axe the grind, what and what do you have to do with, do with the code? Oh no, spell I it out. Spell it out. Okay, so for the next time, that's <laughs> <We> okay. <failed. laughs> and you get uh, at Run for Cover Records, you get fifteen uh, percent off your entire order. Very cool. Thank My you guys. Friends. Yes. Um, <laughs> now you guys remember it, Axe to grind. Spell it out. You're that's going to be your job on this next one. Okay, Tom, your job is to tell us a little bit about. The new release on Death Wish Inc. Death Wish Inc. It's uh, Gouge Away put out a two song seven inch. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new it's a cover one new song and a cover Pixies cover a Pixies cover. Well, I hope so. Band named Gouge Away. Gouge Away, yeah, but they didn't cover Gouge Away. No, well, that's a little silly. What they do? I think they, it was a wave emulation. Oh, it's yes. my favorite. It's like one of my favorite. Yes, Pixies songs. I they you singing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they nail it. It's very <laughs> good. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was I did that one. Was it? Yeah, yeah. it was with the eight track. Yeah. And the and the new song is is awesome. It's them, you know, just kind of the next just gouging away, gouging away. We played with them in Seattle. Oh, uh, I remember Rainfest. them. Yeah, yeah. They're very good. Very good. Yeah. And it's a total evolution of what they were doing 100%. on Burnt Sugar. I'm curious. I believe they're working on a full length, so pretty yeah. exciting. Um, are we going to be able to tack that eight track recording of Justin doing Wave Mutilation to the end of this episode? If I could find it, sure. Please yeah. look for it. It's on the list. Um, so definitely, definitely check out the new Gadgetway single. Consider DeathWishInc.com. Tom, you enter the promo code. Axe to grind. Rachel, what do you got to do with that promo code? Spell it out. Boom. Smartest uh, man in hardcore right here. Big, big thanks to our two other sponsors, Closed Casket Activities and To Live a Lie. Thank go to their you. respective websites. Right These two clowns over here. Um, go to their respective websites. Get it. Hey, guys, what are we doing today? Talking Spell shit. It out. Talking spelling shit. it out. Justin's going to be playing on his phone the whole day. What, uh, what episode like number is this? Oh, uh, This is probably... 1,582. No, it's we like count. 111, I think it'll yeah. be. We're How many? 111. Oh, my like God. Oh. 111 episodes before you had us on the show. Yeah, because this is so easy to do. <laughs> Rachel's like coughing in your face. Yeah, this is 111. 111 people more interesting than me and you, Rachel. Well, because... <laughs> I'm not here that often. For Tom, it's 111. Oh, you I know see. what I mean? Yeah, it's right, a nice right. thing. Wanted to I, like that. I appreciate that. So, uh, y'all did a couple bands together. Yeah. Yeah. My, so job, oh. my job today is I'm going to be... The mo- the you're the guardrail. I'm going to be the, the guy who rolls the ball out on the court and then kind of... We're going to shoot guys, around. You know, <laughs> do, maybe it's either dodgeball, maybe it's horse, maybe it's shoot around, whatever y'all okay. want to play. Um, I'm always the I'm first just draining. I'm draining threes. You're just staying in the, outside <laughs> the arc. Can he play? No. No. Okay, you're I don't know the, if I've ever seen you shoot a basketball. I, know, I could, I could shoot it. I could drain okay. a few threes. I've seen you throw baseball because you're lefty. Baseball, I'm ambidextrous actually. You play guitar righty, but you throw lefty. Yeah, yeah. I uh, speaking of wave mutilation, um, do you remember our interaction with Isaac about wave mutilation? I told the story on his podcast. The only I, my first um, uh, understanding of Isaac liking cool music right. was we played a show. 
I think it might have been Millhouse did a weekend with the tax weekend crown of thorns and vod and vod yes oh it was so bizarre yeah. yes. no everyone hated millhouse because they were weird what's the tax weekend someone had to pay i think vod had to pay their taxes right so they were like they were playing a weekend of shows it wasn't the, that's not what they they didn't call it the tax no, we tour. Did. <laughs> but like they were like we're just gonna do this weekend and get enough money to that's like incredible. pay off our band taxes that was i remember yeah. you see what are you doing? I'm just getting comfy, yogi, man. I'm man. in my house. Um, welcome, to, com- welcome to Bay Ridge, by the way, yeah. guys. Bob, thank you for having us. They're constituents. They're voters. They, they're right. they're, pro, they're pro-Brandon, you know. So we were playing. Millhouse opened for VOD. VOD and and I remember being really mad. That I was like, why the fuck is it an indecision? It was list? so random. Yeah. and It was we played in Springfield, Massachusetts at some big, gigantic place. Yeah, the Hall of Fame. Across the street... They had pizza the largest slice, slice of pizza. It was gigantic, right? And it was like it was like dorm, like frat pizza. Yeah, sure. But it was really good. Anyway, Crown of Thorns was loading out, and or it might have been Scarhead. No, it was Crown of Thorns. Crown of, what, yeah. Crown of Thorns was loading out, and the van in the alleyway was blasting the Sundays. Yeah. And I said, Who's, whose van is this? And I realized it was Crown of Thorns van. I'm like, they like the Sundays? This is Isaac amazing. The sun, yeah. <laughs> and then from there, I was like, oh, cool. Like, Isaac's like goth. Yeah. And we, <laughs> but we went up to him. We were like, all right, we're going to shoot the shot. And we went up together because it's like, well, it'll be hard. It'll take him longer to beat us both up. <laughs> um, and we were like, uh, so they had that song Snickers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and they stole us. wave pixies. of mutilation. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we went up to him and we're like, um, who writes the songs? And he was like, I, you know, I do a lot. He's like, who, we were like, who wrote Snickers? He's like, me. And Justin's like, that first riff is Wave of Mutilation. And he goes, oh, you caught that, huh? <laughs> and I was like, he was actually really cool about it, whatever. That's funny. But I yeah, do remember that. Yeah, because it's it's the same same like notes. The nexus of Crown of Thorns fans who are also Pixies fans is probably probably sitting in this room. In this room, very slim, very slim. Okay, so how do y'all know each other? Well, Tom and I met in high school, Zavarian High School in, here in Bay Ridge. I was a frosh. He was a frosh. <laughs> I threw him in a locker. And I pantsed him. And then, uh, Tom, Tom gave me an atomic wedgie. <laughs> uh, Tom was a senior. And, um, yeah, we were all senior. Jesus. Yeah, and I, I, I had hung out with some older guys who, it's so funny, actually, they live across. I basically, it's very Kafka. Where I live right now is like right behind a house where I basically grew up because my two best friends lived. That's where the Thomas right, Ron and Rich Thomas. Yeah, here, right behind my, where I live Movies now. Movies of That's Ages. Movies of Ages. Filmed right here. On, on location. <laughs> so so anyway, why don't you so, tell us how you really met me? I didn't give you an atomic wedgie. Well, no, so I'm going to tell you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we got two hours. Um, so, <laughs> It'll so, take that long yeah, to get the story. Rachel's not going to get a word in it. At the, at <laughs> Y'all don't know. He's a natural storyteller. He really Let is. him roll. He's getting it out. All right, so, it's like being on all right, so I'm in Zavarian. Um, I have the teenage fan club haircut, like the hair down to my shoulders. Yes. I was very Part into- in the middle. I was like a goth, but I was into hardcore. And um, I met- but, Okay, all oh, right, so sorry. Long so box. the Thomases, right. So Rich and Ron Thomas <laughs> were skaters, and they hung out with- Steve Bago, who ended up being the bass player for Indecision. So I kind of knew Steve because I hung out every summer with the Thomases. And that's how I met Steve. And I think Steve was the one who basically introduced me to Tom. I, I was walking down the hallway at Zavarian, and Tom's locker was open. And he had the sick of it all, blood, sweat, and no tears, the long box, the, the, the cardboard, yeah. you remember? Yep. Um, 
What a, what an anti theft device that was! Right? Incredible, <laughs> impenetrable. Try to sh- try to shove that down your pants. Yeah, True. yeah. <laughs> um, so I was like, I, I have that record. I love that record. And we just started talking. And then um, Tom was in a band called Contempt, I think, at yeah, the time. We played the um, show. So there were a bunch of that band- never comes up. It's, I mean, there's nothing recorded. It's, it's, it was Did you guys ever record? No. Um, so Tom, so there was there was a couple of bands in Zavarian High School that were floating around. Contempt. Uh, a band called Standstill, um, and a couple Tales of from Purgatory. Tales from Pur- Purgatory, which is I, I was in. It was like a goth. It was like like a wannabe like Susie and the Banshees Cure mm-hmm. band. Sure. But we would play all these hardcore shows because that's what we, else were you going to do? Right. We no gonna, to play. So there was this club called the Crazy Country Club where all these shows used to happen. And Thursday it was Thursday nights, and yeah. it was a lot of musicians from Zavarian from that school. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Yada yada yada. We started. A band called Farmer, right? Yep. Okay, hold on, hold yeah. on, because this has been mentioned a couple times. Yeah. Why Farmer? I mean, I know Brooklyn was Farms a long, long time ago. I remember not when you guys were no, kids. So I don't here. remember. I, I re- wasn't around. I remember for that. it. Okay. I remember it. Um, Tom smoked a lot of pot. I didn't. <laughs> so I'm like a steel trap. Um, we the band was called Pharma Farmer because Ron Thomas threw the looking glass across the street. Um, was making fun of a band called Karma. Okay. Who was sort of some indecision adjacent people yeah, yeah, yeah. and a band called Karma. So so Ron made a joke and said something like we should start a band called Pharma or something. Yeah. Yeah. And we the band ended up being called Farmer. Oh my god. And the I, band Farmer came out of a band called Wumpus, which was <laughs> Steve Bago. Um, <laughs> I forgot about that. Steve Bago and the Wumpus was some like boiler or something in his basement. And I guess it made weird noises in the middle of the night. And they called it the Wumpus. They called it the Wumpus. The Wumpus. Um, so it was like a bunch of like skater rats, really, who used to just jam, and it was horrible. And then we started Farmer, and then we just started. Which is also horrible. Yeah, Farmer was terrible. It, it was, was like a, bad, it terrible. It but, was bad breakdown. But Farmer was like, but that's your sec- that's the second iteration of a band. It's like okay, right, things so are starting to move kinda, towards real things. Yeah, and I kind of considered Farmer to be like. A crazy Country Club, the big quote unquote bands at the time were like Marauder and Confusion, Dark Side, and then Dark Side. Yeah. Then you had Standstill and all these other. Those are the opener yeah. levels for the yeah. right. And then bands. and then and then it was our turn, we right? And then it was Farmer. The we were like yeah. the young the young yeah. guns. Yeah. And then I had a band called the Mesk Puppies, which was like we thought we were trying to be like the Descendants, but mm-hmm. I don't know what the hell it sounded like. But we were trying. Yeah. It was like funny. The, it was like the Beach Boys, I think. Pensa Yeah. Yeah. Um, so and and that was like. I don't know what the hell we were doing, but it was like a cross between like Youth of Today and like The Descendants, I think. Right, and, like, funny sounds like funny, yeah, like yeah. like teenagers trying to make cool music. In yeah, yeah. Too. They covered yeah. Murder She Wrote, and then I just started getting into you know harder. I was always into harder music. I was never into metal. I was into mm-hmm. hardcore. I was into like yeah. Sick of It All and and Black Flag, like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then these all these bands just kind of fell together into Farmer, and then. At some point, we decided, I don't know, we thought the name was stupid, and we wanted to like kind of reset, mm-hmm. and we started Indecision, I think, right? And that, yeah, Indecision started without me. Right, so it- They so, were like, we don't want Tom, then it's going to sound too much like Farmer. Right, like, right. Like, any standing- right. As if be it had like, become such a signature sound right, right, that anyone- like, So they tried out this skinhead dude named Ferg, Ferg. that used to roll with like Confusion and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they tried out a, a buddy of ours, Anthony Landy. Right. I and, didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> and it was that was like a we were like a sunny day real estate thing for a minute. Whoa, yeah, and then so this is a good note to people who are doing bands, especially younger. 
Sometimes things take a little gestation. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, even indecision took a fucking four, three oh, years sure. for it to gestate. Which is yeah. interesting because nowadays it's hard to have that those formative gestation years in private. Yes. Because now you immediately put something online or you release a seven inch or whatever the kids do these days. And it's days. there. And for us, like it. we were able to sort of be we were able to be in a, yeah we were like in a laboratory for years yes until With anyone really yeah. forget about the first seven inch like sure. for years until we put Before out a demo that, right. any of that stuff yeah. so that was right. cool and yeah. and i was glad because some of that stuff was horrible sure. yeah we didn't know what we were doing um and thankfully some of it only exists now like on cassette so yeah. no one has it right um but yeah, and then it just kind of came together. I think we were like, all right, we want to get serious, so it can't be the people from Farmer. We have to find new people. But then we realized that didn't make any sense, and it just turned back into basically Farmer, but with Tom. Yeah. With Pat playing drums rather than... No, right. different drummer. Who was the drummer then? One Beat Pete. All right, so we took the drummer from Mesk Puppies was a guy named One Beat Pete. Literally could play One Beat. <laughs> who was... The punk beat. I don't even remember how the hell I met him. I thought it was Stumpy Joe. Uh, I met him at McKinley Junior High School. Uh, he was Where an C.C. Ama- DeVille went. He was an amazing artist. Um, and then he ended up becoming like a chess champion. No oh. way! Yeah. Shout out, chess. Yeah. All right. Um, and... Um, he was in it for like two, two, three. But he hours. was like a pop punk drummer trying to play hardcore. Oh, it was okay. terrible. Like, it's like, oh, this is. Yeah, not it wasn't gonna... good. So, do you think? You know, we talked about your very early musical stuff. You were kind of into more gothy stuff, yeah, and yeah. weird stuff. Do you think that lead in to hardcore and kind of messing around with these bands gave you a different perspective on writing music than just had you just been given like, hey, you're sick of it all, and that's all you knew. Probably subconsciously, definitely, because right. I wasn't pulling from the same sort of, you know, resources. But the same way that Pat, our drummer, like listens to Dave Matthews Band, right. like he, everyone was just pulling from different places. So subconsciously, I'm sure, because okay. sometimes they would say, "Oh, let's do something like that Metallica song," and I would be like, "I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't listen to Metallica." Right. Then Rachel came and really made us cool. Okay, so Rachel, where right. were, you were not at what's the high school? Severian. There's an old boy's Catholic. So you were not at Severian. No, it's not. She could have been. It's co-ed now. It's co-ed now, but it wasn't oh. then. So you, were you aware the, of these people's existence? What were you doing? Not, not at all. Okay. I never went to Brooklyn. I hated the Brooklyn hardcore scene when Whoa. I first got into hardcore. We also have to... Let's rewind for a minute. <laughs> yeah. You got to remember, Brooklyn in the 90s, early oh, 90s... I was scared. It was, yeah. it was... Not only was it not what Brooklyn is today, where yes. it was still very rough around the edges, but as far as music was concerned, it wasn't like the cool, hip, you know, like... Um, laboratory for great music like no, it became no. and for hardcore it was life of agony biohazard typo negative that's mm-hmm. about it right and then a little bit marauder sure sure but, but biohazard was like a joke to most of the hardcore right so the outside world thought biohazard was like a joke yeah. right. right so anybody that was from brooklyn they just assumed you were like this sort of rap hip-hop hardcore yeah. thing halfway right, right. Yeah. and and you couldn't even get you couldn't even get an introduction yeah you know so um it took a long time to break that stigma and I also think that time frame is weird because now a lot of that like early 90s New York, early 90s Brooklyn is kind of seen like, oh, yeah, like like it's not the same thing as 80s New York hardcore. But there's a lot of people who really Some love reference. that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, it's a weird thing. History. Sure. Total revisionist Completely. history in my right. opinion. But 
But and we all loved it just because we grew up with it. Because you're in it, right? But like people listen to it, like, it, like and I'm sure Rachel does. It's, you got we got you into no, like yeah, you we me, punished no, you. You into, got me into all of them. Like yeah. Justin, pretty. Like, I mean, I still don't like typo. all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love typo negative. Yeah. Now. Does yeah. nothing for it me. It just took me. No, like, no, that, those guys were the holy trinity. But yeah. like all it the just other, took a little while for yeah. me. But all the other bands, like the the also ran undercard bands, were never taken seriously. Right, and so. I think it's also this interesting time because, you know, New York hardcore up until like 1990 is just this beast. And at 90, things change. Sure. And then it doesn't have the same like foothold in Manhattan that it does. It's still a place. There's still shows, but it's not like it was. And then stuff is happening in Brooklyn, but it's all over the place, you know, and it feels yeah. different. I think a lot of it too. I, I don't, I think Lamore closing is what made is what helped us because I don't know that we ed- we ever would have gotten out of our own way if Lamore hadn't closed. I think that playing CBGBs or the wetlands or all these like clubs in the city. Yeah. Well, I guess we were, had already played Bond Street, but yeah, but no, I mean, Bond the way Street that it all friends. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, anyone can play Bond Street. There yeah, were bands. The there were, yeah. <laughs> Nikki the, Camp. There were bands that dreamt of playing Lamore. And then that was it. It was like, okay, right. we played Lamore. We're like all so many people that we grew up with were like, right? They, they were like, oh, Lamore closed. I guess we got to break up. Music There's nowhere anymore. to play. Yeah. Whereas we were like, Lamore closed. We're not going to break up. We're going to go try to, you know, become a real band. I guess it right. wasn't, it, it wasn't a almost, conscious decision. No. no, but it was like, well, we don't have the option to try to be the biggest band who plays Lamore. Right. What else can we do? Right. right. We had no choice to go and try to be a small fish in a big pond kind of thing. Right. All right. So Rachel. You didn't like Brooklyn hardcore. You didn't know these <laughs> no. these crazy people. Yeah. No. Right. You were from New Jersey. I'm from New Jersey, but I didn't really ever go to shows in New Jersey. Yep. I just would get on the bus and go to the city. Why not? So yeah, yeah. but you you have an IDK story. Well, yeah, actually, that's true. I did go. I was friends with IDK. Weren't, didn't and, they call um, you the Tenafly Terror in the pit? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> but the they they took breaker. me a, like I became friends with the guitarist because I was going to play. Red? No, that was Adrian. Um, and but then, how did you find an IDK flyer? No, it's because I had put an ad in the East Coast Rocker. The East yes. Rocker, <laughs> East Rocker is going to mean a lot to a lot of people. I was looking for a couple of rockers to yes, rock. Yes, I was looking for a band because mm-hmm. I played bass, and then um, so then the guitar player from IDK at the time, Adrian. Sent me, like, I don't know if I had my number. I must put my number in there or something. You didn't have an email. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah and he called way, me. Yeah. He was looking for a bass player for his friend's band. So I tried out for his friend's band, but then they weren't really doing anything. But what Adrian and I, I don't remember what they were called. I can't remember. And so we became friends, and he invited me to come see IDK. Mm-hmm. So then I, my parents used to, like, drop me off at his house. <laughs> and then, like, I would go with him to shows and go see IDK. Man. They were. Yeah, God, dropped you off my parents letting me, I'm like, drop off this <laughs> yeah. 15-year-old woman. Well, well, he, wasn't, he wasn't that much old. He but was even only, that, like, 17. But even then. No, I know. My parents still, let me do a lot of stuff. Well, I, I was I talking about that with somebody <laughs> the other day. I'm like, my parents would let me and my little sister go away with a couple with no kids. <laughs> like, what the fuck were you doing? But then, but so I got to see with them, like, I saw, like, Scatterbird and like uh-huh. Prong and Ugly wow. Kid Joe yep. and and then I think they did play with Sick of It All maybe yeah. that, actually no that was later that was when I was already into Sick of It All but then like then I met this other guy at one of their shows and he basically was the one who gave me a cassette with like Quicksand and like Born Against and mm. so I think Sheer Terror and 
basically got me into hardcore with that cassette that didn't have any like label. Like I had no idea. Nothing. What was it's on just it. music. And yeah. then you'd hear songs. You'd be like, yeah. I, I literally okay. like when I went. I went to go see Helmet play because I was into Helmet and Quicksand opened. Yeah. And I literally like heard. They think that it was like uh, I forget which song it was, but it was on that cassette. And I'm yeah. like, holy shit! This was the band that was on that cassette. <laughs> I never song. knew who it was. Right? Did you I go home and song. write it down? You're like, yeah. I was like, song three is Quicksand. Three is quicksand. No, I, I remember <laughs> I ran back and bought a shirt and bought like whatever they had because I was so excited that I actually knew like yeah I knew what this band was that's amazing finally didn't you have a story where you you took your parents Volvo and went to CB's or something I didn't take I didn't steal it they gave me permission (laughs) that was to go see Sheer Terror I think I was 17 yeah and yeah they let me take the car and drive into the city to CBGB's in like 1992 or something by myself solo why not and then I got home late and got grounded (laughs) so the matinee right I think it blames half on them. They gave you the car. Yeah. I know, said, but I was ahead, supposed to be you know? home at a certain time, but I think like I would have not even gotten this. I think Fear was headlining and I wanted to see Fear, but if I stayed for Fear, my parents probably would have thought I was dead. <laughs> yeah. Bad probably. enough that they let me go. Like, right. And I was sometimes thinking back the fact that like they let me go to the Bowery <laughs> like oh, yeah. on a right. weeknight. Right, in the 1990s, yeah. <laughs> when I was that age by myself. Like, yeah, sure, go. Hey, you made it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so... But, when do you come and save, oh, save these so I, fools? Yes. Right. So I yeah. went, I was at NYU at the time and I did a show called Crucial Chaos on the radio there on WNYU. Can we pause and, real quick and talk about that? Crucial Chaos is like super important. Okay. It's like a yeah, I don't think deal. you get how like... No, it's so cool because it was a thing that was around in the 80s and yes. then in the 90s and it was a thing that exposed a lot of people to hardcore and gave people this cool entry point. So it's amazing that you did it and it's cool because I think they're still trying to do it now. They do. So shout out to Crucial Chaos. Is that show yeah. it's still on the air? Yeah, but yeah. they like record like live stuff like on a weekend. Okay. Uh, it's not like how it used to be like yeah. going straight to yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, yeah. straight live. It was, it was radio, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was really stressful because you know having hardcore bands on and trying to get them not to curse, Ooh, not to yeah. like drink and smoke pot in the studio and because mosh, I'm like this yeah. is a university building like yeah. you can't yeah. smoke pot here. And you had <laughs> like, a hip hop show wasn't Stretch Armstrong right after you guys or something? After Crucial Chaos, we were t- I was talking about it with Glenn. Oh, I don't like, remember who was after. But there was like a hip hop show after, so it would be like the hardcore kids and the yeah. hip hop dudes. That it was like, also the guy from Interpol. Yeah, the um, the bass player, Carlos D. Yeah. Yes, he no did way. The, he did the Goth show. Amazing. He was my favorite promo. He used to always play. His oh my promo. god, a Black Hawk. Yes, what oh, was it? it was the best. <laughs> it, it, what was it? I was like something like that. Black Hawk whispers in the breeze. It was the best. So, yeah. um, so, so we yeah. met when we met when Indecision went to play Crucial Chaos. But we met when Shutdown went to go. Yeah, well, Shutdown. Oh, right. yeah, okay. And Justin came with Shutdown because mm-hmm. Shutdown had sent me a demo, and I'm like, oh, they're from Brooklyn. I'm like, yeah. eh, not half. And I wrote all then, Shutdown's yeah. hits. Yeah. So. So then Justin came Justin with them, the OG guitar player gave me a demo, and then I'm like, oh, I was like, I like this band too. Let's have yeah. them up and play. And then they brought like. 25 people with him. I got in all kinds of like trouble again because the security guard would come up right. and be like, you can't have all these people up here. And I'd just be like, <laughs> so, I don't show. know who they are. <laughs> so who are the 25 people that you guys are taking to NYU Their with entourage. <laughs> yeah, let me hear about the indecision <laughs> entourage circle whatever year this is. 96? It was probably 96. like... Sansone. Right. Was it? No, Probably. I think it was before Sansone. So it was just this like was Eric and Kenny and those yeah, yeah Mike Joe, MacGyver, like those guys from Canteria, yeah. Yep. yeah. It was basically our little crew of 
people that would come see us at shows and like mosh to make people think that people liked our band. Yeah, pretty much. This is a tried and true tradition. We talk about this all the time. Cheat code: If you want your friends' bands to do well, right. mosh for your friends' yes, bands, right. even yeah. if you yeah. don't no, know. We like, would play shows where there was no one there, but we had our. 20, 30, 40 friends. By the way, I promise it will be more fun. I promise. Oh, yeah. I I think about that. Like, so our first, like, real New York show was uh, us, Trip Face, Terminal Confusion, Outburst. Remember, St. Patrick's Day 96. We were the opening band. Yeah. And, like, again, like, it was like, our friends are playing CBs. So, like, all of our friends came. So it might have been 50 people. I I went to that. But, like, they were going nuts. So it looked like, all right. Yeah. But it was just our friends. And then they left. Which yeah, is, pretty much. Yeah, which don't do that. Stick around for the other bands too. That kind of yeah, sucks. You know, it's hard. No, it got. I think we started measuring our success by wow. There's people here who we don't that know. I don't know like their social security yes, number. That's yeah. good. And then the <laughs> first, the second really, I mean, the first real, real show is one of my favorite indecision stories. This is before Rachel was in the band. Um, you get home from maybe it was school, and your mom says, "Oh, Roger, yeah, yeah, tell the story." I got home from yeah, I was, uh, yeah. I must have been in high school, I guess. It right? was ninety six. Yeah, so I was either last, either a senior. I was a junior in college. Oh, so in I was either a senior or a freshman in college. Right. No, I must have been a senior. No, because you seen yeah. I was a senior in high school. I got home, and my mom says, um, uh, "Someone, someone named Roger called for you." <laughs> and so, okay. Roger. I don't know if she said it was Roger from Agnostic Front or something. I think she said his whole name, like Roger Moret, and you were like, "What?" Yeah, and um, and I think Roger must have assumed that like my mom was either like my girlfriend like, or my secretary or, or my wife. Agent? Yeah, she didn't realize I was like fifteen. Right. Yeah, child. And, right. and you weren't that young. I was a I, as a senior. You're not fifteen. Whatever. The hell. Well, seventeen, <laughs> eighteen. Right. Roger yeah, did not right. think he was talking to my mom. <laughs> right. So and. And they had a whole conversation about they wanted Roger wanted to book indecision because he was managing Madball at the time, right? Do you? Right. Th- and she, he had a conversation with my mom. Do you think they could draw people to the show? And my mom was like, "I guess. I don't. <laughs> what the hell do I know?" So I got home and my mom was like, "Yeah, Roger from Agnostic Front called. They want you to play the Wetlands. I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, and that was like that was how we kind of started." Playing all those shows, and, but right? then he was like, "You can you guys draw?" And you're like, "Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah." You were like, so, "Oh yeah, oh, like, we got like 25 it. guys who follow us around." <laughs> we were like, "Fake it till you make it," and right. then we played. It was um, that was actually funny enough. Billy Club Sandwiches first show. They were banned for like five years. That was literally their first show. Then they come on stage with Subway Sandwiches. I think so. Yeah, it was them, us, Powerhouse. 25 to Life Madball, but that's when AF did that first reunion. And right, it was I the remember. most like right. insane thing. Right. They came out and did Power and Victim of Pain, like those four. And like that was like the beginning of them coming back. Right. And like we actually did really, really, really well. Remember? Like I remember. Well, yeah, you were there. I was there. I wasn't there. probably selling your stuff. Probably. Mm-hmm. So I guess the the I was telling the story the breakdown show was after that then. Because you were in the band at that point. No. Oh, you weren't in the no, band. No, I at that sang point. a song. Me, I All right, so you want to tell that story? Yeah. Do you want us to go timeline or just funny stories? This is fun. Yeah, we can roll. <laughs> all right, so I'll, I'll, I'll pull us back onto the tracks when right. we need to. So Rachel's still not in the band, but she's rolling with us. Um, she's joined the crew. Yeah. Yes. She was. I didn't like, have to mosh though. I just right, had to, no. I just just had to organize things. No, like Rachel, like I was explaining <laughs> to somebody, I was like, she's in charge. She had done stuff like just before us, so she was like, oh, the OG. Right. So she knew, like, here's what Just you do on tour. Yeah. Don't leave your fucking merch box. Don't leave your cash box in the van. Don't do the, you know, all this sort of stuff. 
um, Rachel was in Tapeworm, which had some people that ended up being, being in Seisha, right? Yes. Jamie and... Just Jamie. Just Jamie. Who's the drummer? We had like 10. Okay. Um, <laughs> and what would you say Tapeworm sounded like? At first, we sounded like I, a garbage mess of I don't know what. Uh-huh. <laughs> As we all but did. But eventually... Yeah. Eventually, it was more like we were very influenced by the ABC No Rio scene of yeah. like born against and like you, you were kind of crusty and, right uh, yeah we were very you had dreads. I, yeah, we went to i like we hung out at abc no rio a lot and went to shows there a lot and mm-hmm. like but born against rorschach um quasi pungo yeah rachel hey, lived in the lower east side like rachel oh. lived yeah, at, yeah. yeah all the all the uh the gurn blanstons yeah <laughs> yeah the, the, the abc no yes, rio we house fans. bands yeah and like dead guy was a big a big one for us at the time and we got mm-hmm. to play a show with dead guy at the gas station they were just making fun of our name but that was cool because i'm like we're playing with dead guy i don't give a fuck <laughs> right, right, right. um and then um I totally forgot. <laughs> singing a song, singing a song, singing a song. Oh, sing a song. Oh, that the. <laughs> oh no, sorry. Show. So you're in Tapeworm for a while. Oh yeah. That kind of goes away. You're living on the Lower East Side, right? The East Village. Yeah. Um, then I joined Millhouse before I joined Indecision. Right, and you. Oh, were, I was in SFA. What were you on? Oh yeah. So then you were in SFA. Yes. Did so Europe? SFA toured with yeah, them for two really, months. When we first really, so then I knew to, everything about touring right, after yeah. that. <laughs> when we first got to know you, you were in SFA. Yes. Right. Oh, that's right. And, and you slammed your finger in the door so you go home. I tell that story. <laughs> I didn't I'm like, go home. <laughs> but you didn't go home. You tried to break your own hand so you could get off the fucking tour. And then she stayed on tour. And you stayed on tour anyway. Yeah. And I know that I can picture that picture of you in like a red unbroken shirt with your fingers. Maybe because tied it's up. on the seven inch. Is it? That was my seven inch picture. For oh, that I didn't realize. That. Okay. When, yeah. <laughs> I can picture it anyway. Yeah. Um. So you did SFA for two months. Yes. Probably the worst touring experience you've ever had. Well, you know. Other than tour, it was the with first me. one, so it was like. To imagine to go to Europe with people who are like way older than you right. and then like just have never toured before and you're there for two months Ooh. and like yeah. don't eat like I'd never even played more than two shows in a row. Oh. So it was just like I just was it was not a, a good time for me at the time. But I did learn a lot. And you guys had and just been just started dating. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. Because I yeah. Yeah, we started dating and then you left on tour. Yeah. And Way to then, go, Rich. Break that poor boy's and heart. Then, um, but, the, but then after that, then I just, I quit after that tour. But I remember sending you, mm-hmm. I re- didn't, didn't I send you a tape of some of the new stuff Indecision was playing while you were on tour? How would you have done that? I don't know, but I remember you telling me a story. They're going to be playing in Munich in a month. I'm going to send it. I don't I think you so. Telling me, or maybe I gave you the tape before you before. left. Yeah, probably. I remember you sense. saying it was so much more metallic. and. Well, because I, I basically got Justin into like Dead Guy and, and, Rorschach. Yeah. And yeah. I gave him a mix that had like a bunch of stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, it was like we that chord noisy. was like everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Everything changed. No. Yeah, yeah. It did. Thanks, Keith Hawkins. So... <laughs> What was the mill? Were you in Millhouse? Yeah. So but after me, I, got, I joined I, first. You yeah. were in first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You were and on then, the first seven. No, Laura was on. Laura. The first. Uh, yeah, but I mean, right. I joined late. Right. Like I joined 2.0. before Justin. Okay. okay. And then so that's why Millhouse and Indecision used to play together a lot. I didn't join. And it. Then, I got called as they were recording Obscenity in the Milk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They had another guy named Justin playing guitar. <laughs> they had some big falling out. Yeah. And they said, we need you to come and record the album. And I look, said, we already have the liner notes. It says Justin's. So I said, all right. I had, they were in the middle of recording a record. And I was like, okay. They literally taught me how to play each little part. I would record it. They would mm-hmm. stop the tape. 
teach me the next part, I would record the next part. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, wow. Yeah. But we were yeah. recording with Ian Love and yes. Davide. Oh. Davide, yeah. Davide. 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 Yeah, so that was a that was cool. A cool yeah. experience. So what year is this? Like, what are we talking about? Right in the 90, 97, I think, when 90, Justin... I joined Millhouse in 96, and Justin, I believe, joined 97. in 97, because that was the Indecision Silent Majority Millhouse tour. Which one? Well, that was the U.S. one. Oh. The one no, we did the it one twice. That I came, the one that I, I was not... No, the first one was just Silent Majority Indecision. Oh, okay. Then the second one, Millhouse was on, and then me and Justin were doing two I have one more. Uh, I have one more story I remember. Recording the Millhouse album, I think it was on Orchard Street. The rats, the rats were this were bigger than cats, and we had we rats used to have to run size. to the car and jump in and slam the door as quick as we could because the rats would like follow us into the oh car. They were scary. They were really big. It was insane because there's all like restaurants on yeah. that block. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So all the garbage would be out late at night. Like we would finish recording at two a.m. or something, and they'd be waiting for the private sanitation to come pick up the garbage. It yep. was just like so. When Mike says "in remembrance of old New York," that's what that's he's talking what he means. About. Yes. You know the rats, fish <laughs> fighting rats. So right. what? Let's pull back because I really like what you said before about Lamore closes and that kind of yeah gave you a, a different path. What's the four, first time Indecision plays outside of New York City? Uh, the right York track City. in yes. Long Island. Okay, yeah, right track. But wait, in. but when we played right track in, had we already been playing CBGBs and stuff? I don't think so because no. I don't think I I didn't even know you then, and I was there the first time you played CBs. Right. No, we that was like right. So track how the hell did we get on that show? Ninety five. I think it was. I want to say it was Dan Murray from One for One. Oh, yeah, probably. It was like Bulldoze, One for One, yeah. Glass Jaw, No Redeeming Social Value, all this stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bago couldn't play because his parents... Remember they used to go down on those like hedonism trips where they'd go and eat all weekend? Eat corn fritters all weekend. Remember that? Yeah, it was like yeah. some... They'd go to like some... <laughs> Pennsylvania Dutch. Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania Dutch country, and it was like, it's all you can eat for the weekend. So we had to play with <laughs> Smorgasbord, yeah. Then we got our friend Kenny Sorry, to guys. I'm going to eat all weekend. We got our friend Kenny to play who jumped and his belt broke and his pants <laughs> fell down. Yeah. And then... And there was a part that it led with the bass that was like gonna, and then Justin kicked in like to the mosh part, and he Kenny forgot it. forgot it. So Justin had to go like, ding 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 ding. I had to ding, turn ding, off my the, distortion. Yeah, it was so <laughs> make bad. a fake bass sound. Yeah, and somehow people invited us back. I yeah, don't know so how we actually, so that means then we actually had played Long Island before we we played, we played Manhattan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we would play Bond Street, but that doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, so then the Roger call. Um. Yeah, but before the Roger call, we played CBs with Outburst. Correct. Yeah. More, yeah. It was St. Patrick's Day, 96. The Roger call was May of 96. Yeah. Was know. that Hold through me? Did I give it? But yeah, it was, I, it I was a thing. Like, no, it you was, got it through Trip Face. Oh, it was okay. a sink or swim moment. It was like yeah. either we can keep playing these little shows yep. or we can try and, I don't know, if we still all want to keep playing, no one was like, well, Lamore closed, so let's just break up. Right. Everyone still wanted to keep playing, so we just had to sort of try to break into that world. But that first tour was also that same year, though. It was yeah. also 96. Was that the, the shutdown tour? Yes. Yeah. So that's the first tour is, is Indecision Shutdown. Yeah. Right. We played like we were, two shows. It was a vacation yeah. slash tour. Yeah. Because like, everything falls apart. down to Florida and everything falls apart. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we stayed at like the guitar player from Shutdown's house for like most of it. But like it's funny. As like crazy as that was, we played um, a show in Tampa <laughs> at a homeless shelter. The Refuge? Remember? Yeah, it was mm-hmm. called The Refuge. We played there twice. We were there, and then we were in town, and we had nothing going on. So us and Shutdown got to split a set opening for Weston Lifetime and Earth Crisis. Oh, that's right. The big show with the gun and stuff. Correct. Oh, yeah, Someone yeah, pulled yeah, the gun yeah. on Carl Crisis, all this sort of stuff. So we were there for that. We were yeah. like the we we're like Forrest Gump for hardcore. But that first <laughs> show was my real first show. Right, because there was no one there. Yeah. And we're like, do you want to just get up here and play? And we played oh, as yeah. a five-piece. Yeah. 
Yeah. But I'd never practiced with them. I just got up and there was no one there. You knew really the matter. songs enough. Yeah. Okay. And it didn't matter. Like, no, you know. There was nobody there. So, yeah, it didn't, it was like playing in front of Shutdown, basically. <laughs> right, right. So, we played that like, on that tour. And then we played Miami. It was Shy Hood's first show with Chad. Yep. He was in eighth grade. We were like, who the baby, fuck right. is this kid? And then we played with this band, Brethren in, Florida, in Miami. And then on the way back, we played a squat in Virginia Beach. It was Shutdown, Indecision, Grief, and Dystopia. <laughs> Oh, and yeah. like, remember that? And they came over, and like, one of the guys from like Grief was like, "We had a shirt that said drug free." Remember? He's like, "Drug free," <laughs> and he just walked away. And I'm like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and then we were telling the story because Alex was asking me if we, had, Alex Case was asking if I had any good um, Rick stories. Right. That's was my next one. Is let's talk Rick to life. So. I, he goes, you have any oh, good God. stories? Because he posted like, like him and his friends like holding up a twenty five to life shirt, and I was like, please don't make this a thing, because that's all. Mm-hmm. Like someone goes. Have you checked out this? And then all these, everyone else goes, "Fuck yeah, twenty five to life is the best hardcore band." Like it's like, can we not do this? You're right. So it's a wild time right now. He goes, he goes. Do you have any good stories? I go, here's a story. It's like our last show on this tour is at the Pipeline in Newark. I don't know who we put. We might play with IDK and like Backlash or something. That was one for one. No? One for one. And no. we're sitting there, and this is when Rick was still friendly with some scary people. And I remember him coming up to our merch table. Remember, we did the split tape with shutdown for the tour yeah, yeah. and he literally went like this and he literally took cleaned off the entire table of demos into his merch bin and now like we're all like yeah what are you like doing? 19 and this dude's like a gang member yeah so yeah. i'm like what are we gonna do and i was like well we're all like well it's the end of the tour we'll give a shit. Like, you know, yeah. he'll he'll do something with them whatever him. Copy him. and then he hit us up and like we did the, i mean that honestly as much as people like to badmouth the dude and whatever like that's what seven inch was the first thing of ours that ever really got anywhere. Yeah. Like those are like the first songs that people really knew that. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so that, like he, that was the trade off with him. That was people realized that they were sort of being taken advantage of, but yeah. you were basically trading that away for exposure, exposure. and right. it helped. It, it helped. helped gigantic. And it's, it's tough to say because the same thing we talked about, you know, you can put all your failures out there right now, instantly. Right. I just recorded myself shitting in the bathroom right. and I can put on band camp. Right. Right. And that's there and exists. In 1995, 6, 7, 8, you couldn't really just do that. No. Yeah. So for someone, even if you had to, you know, shake hands with the devil to get your exposure out there, it really made a big and difference. And no one was expecting sure. money and shit. So we were like, cool, no. man. Like, you mean you're going to go play in Ohio and you're going to have our sevenches with you? Like, awesome. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. people from Japan are going to, like, order Happens. these from you? Like, I don't give a Like, we yeah. weren't expecting to get, like, a dollar or a record. Like, who cares? That, that's. It, that's. Is that the first indecision record or the second? Might no, have been that the was the second. Second, because yeah. the seven record before was that. the Belgium right. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which RPG. is totally random. I don't even remember how the hell we got in touch with them. With Stefan? No, Elaine. 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 Mm-hmm. RPP From released Africa. Powers Productions. No. Who the, Who else had put out a seven inch with them? One for one. That's all. Our we we made one friends. For one. With, yeah, we made boys. friends with Dan Murray from One for One, which I don't know how the hell that happened. Very early on, he took a liking It was through Bond class. Street. It yeah. was through Blindside, I think. That's right. No, uh, there was this band I used to love called Blindside from Queens. Um, they were from Woodside, Queens, and they played so Bond. I. They played Bond Street all the time, and um, they were part of this little this scene. It was like this kind of like hardcore hood rat kind of scene. It was yeah, like yeah. them and Out of Line Queens. Yeah, and all those, yeah. we yeah, loved that it. stuff. We we were like big, <laughs> oh, yeah. big fans of it. That. <laughs> and they would just take over Bond Street. Like all their yeah. friends would come. The place is really yeah. small. Yeah. So if you bring 50 friends to Bond Street, you're having a great show. Yeah. You know? And you get paid. Yeah. And I think Dan, <laughs> right, and then Dan Murray started One for One and they put out a record with RPP 
And he was our connection to. I think uh, they were one, we were two. Or yeah, something, something like on like RPP. That. Yeah, and then we recorded at Fastlane Studios, um, and that's we put out our first seven inch. And then I met him on that SFA tour. I remember in Belgium. Okay, yeah, we oh, played Elaine. with yeah. Yeah. Out for Blood at. Um, you look like the guy from Midnight Oil. Yeah. 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 Um, but I remember I wore an indecision shirt like pretty much every night of that <laughs> tour. Thank you. When we played, no, but that because I had a lot of people then who knew that around the, that around Belgium and like France area, a lot of people knew it. Indecision to be like, where'd you get that shirt? Like, well, that's how it works. Yeah, that's how it works. Exactly. I always tell the story. Do you remember? And you guys were so mad at me that I brought a like box of irate demos. Phil gave me a box of irate 97 <laughs> demos that I brought him with us to put out on the table for people to bring. And you're like, dude, we have no room for the shit. Like, why are you doing this? <laughs> oh. And like, Phil's my boy. Like, so we're like, yeah, whatever. Like, so I put in like my, my giant fucking wheelie, <laughs> you know, and we literally would have like the, whatever, whatever merch we had and like irate demos. But like, then I see videos of them playing like Belgium, like a few years later and it was nuts. Right. So I hopefully, you know, people picked up that demo and got into it. That's cool. Like, yeah. That's, you know. Space is a premium on tour. That's true. So, <laughs> all right. So, so like, I feel like we're at the point where where wheels are up on the uh, SS indecision here. You guys yeah, starting it's starting to, to move. Right. Yeah. So we do the shutdown tour, which was pretty much a failure, but like it was like historic in a weird failure way. Then we met. That's when we met Shai Halud. Yeah. Right. That's what I just said. Oh. We played uh, the first show. <laughs> Thanks, man. What? Then the trip face tour was that winter. Right. We did the summer tour was with shutdown. We played with Shai Halud. Chad's first show we met. I remember being blown away by Shilud. Yes, yeah. and I remember because Brethren headlined and it was nuts. Yeah. You didn't know Shilud. Nobody knew. Shia no one knew who they were. Yeah, they were the first show. I was, first show with I was like, oh my god, these guys are. I remember thinking they sounded like outspoken, but it was melodic. I was just. Blown. It was insane. Yeah. We were blown away. And I remember like Chad singing along, I'm like, dude, this kid's voice is amazing. Yeah. And we talked after the set. I go, how old are you? He's like 13. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> like, how do you sound like that? Yeah. And it was like right when they filmed, they gave us the. Tape of that seven inch, yeah, yeah, and like we brought it back to New York. We're like, yeah, what the fuck is going on with this band? And then I remember like their first New York show was wild, yeah, because like people had heard that's like we were like and they all worked at Uncle Sam's, the the record record store, store that's in right. Florida, yeah, that's right. So yeah, so then we do a winter tour with Trip Face in uh, right after yeah. Christmas. I we still like, wasn't in the band yet though. You weren't? Yeah. No, no, you're doing merch. You guys couldn't handle. You weren't ready for me after that shutdown show. Just, <laughs> right. So Rachel, that was like they still like in the Yoko Ono. So we opened. Well, okay. <laughs> it would be nice. So yeah. So Rachel was always there. We didn't always get along. I was not always the f- most fun person to be around. Neither were they. It was like a five person situation. It was the Earth Crisis show, right? When? No, it was the one before that though. Because you did a double I didn't header. Play the Earth Crisis. No, the oh, Earth Crisis. I played like the one that, that it was like basically us playing for shutdown. Right, we were like, "There's five people here. Let's let Rachel yes. play." Yeah. I remember Bago I, yeah. saying to me after the show something to the effect of, "Let's just make sure that just never happens." Yeah. Again. <laughs> <laughs> but then, so yeah, so then I mean, Rachel, I, I understood. I get it. But, but the whole thing was like, these are like we all went to high school to get what's going on. No, right? I know. And like you were clearly the most like fucking talented person in the band. But we were like. And then we did the trip face thing. You were out there. Wait, like, hold it, on. Are you the most talented person in the band? 100%. No. Musically? Yeah. Yes. No, it's just Josh is the best way. songwriter, but no, Rachel can different. play I everything. Just, like, yeah, I just, like, I was forced to play, like, piano from when I was, like, six. And then, mm. so, like, I know a lot of, like, the theory and stuff, whereas Justin has more of just, like, and can pick up and, like, mm-hmm. just play things, but I can play, play more instruments. I mean, those bass lines. All right, I'm going right. to get my son started on. on I think what Rachel, <laughs> what Rachel brought to the band. Was less about that stuff than it was about, like 
this organization. Was, this was still the, er, the frontier <laughs> days of DIY where right. even if like, yeah, you, you realize you had to do it yourself, but you still had to figure out where to go to do it yourself. Right. right so it right. was like, OK, <laughs> we've decided we don't want to pay Tony on Utica Avenue to make our T-shirts because he's going to rip us off. So How do now we, we buy screens, now screens I, right? and, like, I, and I was taught by Todd from Distraught. Shout out! Yeah, <laughs> he taught me how me and shirts? the singer and ba- and Tapeworm, my friend Dave. Hardcore us, Dave, yes, taught us how Hardcore to screen Dave. shirts when we were in Tapeworm because he started making for us and then. Um, and we then, used to go to Pearl Paint. On, yeah, and then on he Canal taught, us, taught me how that. to do it. So then I brought. I was like, "Oh, yeah, he, we can go to Pearl Paint, and you have a screen made." And then we discovered another printing place that was better. Yep. In, and we would literally sell area. our shirts for like five dollars. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We were like, so I think Rachel made us sort of professionalize us because she had knew had all this experience. Like, well, and figure out how to do these things. And yeah. Right. Right. Things work. And she'd been on tour. You lived in the Lower East Side. You babysat Roger and Amy's kid. You were like in the fucking shit. We were like these kids, like these like cowpokes from yeah. Sunset Park and Bay so, Ridge, showing up point, with like wheat in our mouth. Did you want to be in the band? I did. Okay. Yes. Okay. And I pretty much like I'd always bass was always my main instrument before that, and I realized okay, like I'm not going to join this band playing bass, so I need to go back to guitar again, mm-hmm. which I hadn't played that much. Like I had my friend, my mom's friend's son had like taught me like some songs and the basics on guitar. And then, like, Justin sort of showed me how to palm mute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, I can do this. And so I practiced, you know, and then just specifically so in hopes that I could be a second guitar player. For <laughs> and the best part is, and we can edit this out if it's a problem. I remember Justin coming to us be like, bro. Rachel's got to be in the band, man. I, I need help writing these songs, man. <laughs> and then I, he would never let. Then he never let her write anything. a note. <laughs> I remember him being like, "I need help writing the music, man. Yeah. Like I can't do it by myself. Wow, I that. If yep. she's not going to join the band, then we're pretty much done." And I was like, "What?" Yep. We're like, "Okay, like that's cool." Yeah. And then me and Justin's like some of our biggest fights were because yes. he would not let me write a single Anything. thing. So I it was like, like you maybe some second guitar parts here and there, like on on the most precious. Do you remember that? Album. I was like, but yeah, I don't and it made me so mad. And that's why I, joined, I started another band. <laughs> <laughs> How much do you remember the writing process being something that you like? Was it a really singular thing for you? Was it something that you would put the songs together mostly by yourself? Or would you bring them to the band and be like, hey, let's I figure think this my, out? I think I remember being probably less Mussolini than I was. You were very Mussolini. Right. Um, <laughs> but it, it was different, though, because it was not like... You you were, you were pretty musical. Yeah, you were pretty much like... <laughs> you know, musically, you, the lyrics, you were like... You had the guitar no, part. that's not true. Some lyrics, yeah. You would play some, but he wrote lyrics. No, I, but he I mean, never came in with like here's you came in with one complete song ever. Right. I never came I never came to practice with a full finished song, lyrics, music done. Right, right. But I had Parts. I had I had an idea. You had an idea of, of what it was gonna I be. guess you know, I used to freak out when I had an idea for how I I had a vision for a song and I felt like it was getting derailed somehow. And I'm like, yeah. No, no, no. I, I in my mind it's gotta go like this. Yeah. Right, so we would t- like tell Pat what yeah, drum like part that, to play. That's, like that's kind of what it was, and we had like words that we would use, like what we wanted. But I don't. Like, but I don't words. remember. I, I never. But you were bad because I would try and come with songs. Yeah, like, you would, would let him. Yeah, yeah, and like I would be like, "Hey, I have a song," and I would try and play, and everyone like sort of look at Justin and be like, and Justin <laughs> like starts doing. That's his horrible. Own thing. Horrible. It was. I. That's why I got so mad, and that's why I started another band because yeah. I couldn't take it anymore. What band did you start? And that's why I started Wage of Sin. But that, that was, was, like, years that was later. years that was later. later. But that was after it was many, all those it was it, all those no, backed was. up riffs. Right. It was. It was many years of frustration of yeah. never being able to write stuff. And that's why at least when Most Precious Blood started, I was happy to be playing bass again yeah. because I could just 
be um, do your bass on my thing, own plane, yeah, like yeah. do my bass lines under his stuff, and yeah. like he couldn't tell me what to do so as much. He he right. did tell me like some parts, like, <laughs> but yeah. there I was mean, looking w- back. I don't know why I was such a control freak about it because I think you wanted me in the band. To, to be there with you and to con- take care of all the stuff that nobody else wanted to do, all the stuff that wasn't fun. I think some of the creative stuff, I think it's really hard because like what you said, like you would bring the idea in and obviously like that was kind of your role. Like yeah. you were bringing it in and it's tough because if you have it and then it's starting to go and it's like, wait, no, no, it's not supposed to go this way. It's yeah, supposed to go this I way. Think that's what it was more than anything. And it's, it is tough though because that creative part, yeah, I think, I think it's something that we all need to un- understand. I think everybody who's creative does get it. Is that it's like, shit. There's a little bit of me that's a little bit crazy when it comes to this element. And yeah. in every other walk of life, you can really be like, oh, let's be, let's you know, diplomatic and work together and yeah, figure yeah. things out. Yeah. But sometimes if you have that creative spark, it can. Can we? Let's get it back on track over here. This yeah, is the way because it's I don't. I would push back on that a little bit, Rach, because <laughs> some of the stuff. Uh-oh. Because oh, because think about like. The most precious blood record. I mean, the indecision most precious blood yeah. record. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's tons of guitar parts and stuff on there that we complimented each other and. Well, because it was because you would com- like that was the only thing I could ever get in was like, can I have this like mel- play this melody on on top of you? Like I would try and write stuff that complimented you because that was it's all. So I weird. Could I do. guess I need to go to therapy to figure out why I well, cared I mean, so much. Maybe I, I think you, you wanted was, quality control. It was better for most. <laughs> right, but who the hell said? Who decides who on the quality? Was, I don't know because it was more your band, and I know that yeah, I was I someone coming in, and I really think, like I said, that I was there as someone when shit went went wrong on tour. Yeah. Oh, Rachel will figure it out and take care of it. Well, well, th- it but at the same time, if we're going fully, you took like it wasn't like we we're like. Handle this, kid. You were like, I got like you were well, like. Because in everybody tar- else would like. I felt like sort of shut down a little bit and be like, Oh, what do we right, do? But it what wasn't do we like do? You, it wasn't like you gave me an ultimatum that was like, I'm not going to continue helping the band and coming no. on tour unless I play guitar. No, no, no. We never. No, and no. I would never yeah, have pushed to get you to join the band just so you could also be there for when we got a flat tire. No, I know, I know. But I was because you knew I wanted this. I wanted it. I get it. I, and I also, let's be play, realistic. But, Unorthodox was done. Yeah. And out. And like stuff started popping off a little bit, so of course we were kind of like, "You're gonna be like, I wrote this record that people really like, like I don't need you, like let's continue, like <laughs> yeah. I got yeah. this." Then I think, quite honestly, like on from unorthodox to MPB, as much as like the unbroken and like Rorschach stuff, I think Shy Hulud had a big, like the melodies and stuff on the second indecision Probably record. Probably subconsciously, yeah. yeah. Or maybe it was just strong arm. You were just <laughs> I never got into them. So. Let's talk about unorthodox a little bit. When did you guys record that record? 96. 96. In the basement on like Bay 14th Street in Brooklyn. Yes. Um, while the Yankees won that World Series. Because we had audio of the family house. Yeah. All right. So did you... What do you remember about the, the process of writing it? Are there things you look back and consciously think, man, I would change this? All and and what are some of the things that you were pulling in influence-wise? Everything was written. I was on in like another <laughs> that record. That, <laughs> yeah. that, that record is that record well, was, was way more of a um, oh, unorthodox. Was way more of a piecemeal patchwork piecemeal of existing stuff that we, no one seems to know that so like we would record like we had a bunch of recordings with the same guy yeah. at the same place yeah. right and like so we'd have like. 
you know, everyone's like, you guys have like 20 demos. And I'm like, yo, those are like the same eight songs in different orders. Like, we, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'd be like, all right, so we're just going to make, so we'll do. Let's record believe, a quick demo. Yeah. No, no, but like we had the songs and we'd be like, all right, so demo one is Believe, Hollowed, and Purgatory. Demo two is Believe, Blindfold, and this. Like, right, we had we all would these just different. Kind of pick songs out. And, put them into and like everyone covers. was getting literally the same songs with like different covers and different demo titles. So yeah. unorthodox, I remember I'm at Fordham University, Lincoln Center. I get a phone. I get a a page on my beeper mm-hmm. that I had a message. Isn't that how it used to work? You leave a message. You could. Yeah, you, yeah, you right. could get it. So yeah. I had a message from Too Damn Hype. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, we did that. Believe seven inch time. No, right. Okay. So message from Too Damn Hype. They want to put out a split album from Indecision and No Redeeming Social Value. Yes, okay. a split CD. And we're like a CD. We would. We, you know, this we don't have a CD yet. Of being yep. on a CD. Whatever you want, we got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we had done the Believe seven inch with Too Damn Hype. I remember I was sitting at Fordham in one of those like the Superman payphone things yeah. where you close the door. Yep. It was like a wooded like a confessional. Yeah, yeah. And and that then. Turned somehow we turned that down or whatever, and it or we tried or somehow we parlayed it into someone else exit offering us a record. It was right. like Two Damn Hype wants that to put out our Scott. album. We didn't want to do a split album with no, no redeeming social right. value, right? And then maybe well, so the oh yeah, because yeah. the, the the Believe Seven Inch was recorded in Pennsylvania. Yeah, why with, me? With the dude from Turning Point, yes, well, me studio, yeah, yeah. in Stroudsburg, no. I don't remember. No, Why me's right? Uh, it was uh, right outside of Sweetsboro or something. Stroudsburg, something like know, that. Something like that but yeah, who was that? Jay Sweetsboro. from yeah, Turning Point. Jay, yeah. yeah. I don't remember the guy's name. Joe. Joe something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then yeah, but th- so then that split thing never happened. We had a bunch of stuff that we like kind of had together. We wrote like three most of Unorthodox was on a seven inch called Samaritan. Mm-hmm. Yes, on um, Positive Face Records. Positive Face Records, not Positive Force. Positive, positive face. face. And then. Yada yada yada. I don't know. Wreckage. Wreckage is starting a new label called Exit, an imprint to do the younger bands or whatever the hell it was. They want to put out our record. Scott from Tripface kind of made that happen. But unorthodox, we we didn't want to. We decided that the stuff that was already out there wasn't really out there, so it didn't make sense for us to scrap all that stuff and write a new record. We were like, let's just take all the stuff that's already out there and compile like clean it. Clean it up a little bit. Clean it up right. a little bit. Sprinkle a little shit on it. Yep. And then we recorded four songs, four or five new songs. Right. Shadowboxing was one of them. Like yeah, uh, Safe Haven, Shadowboxing, Fracture. Yeah, just a couple. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. The other ones we just kind of freshened, microwaved yeah. them, and that became unorthodox. Right, right. But most of it was already out there. But it was only out there to like you know the ten people who bought the positive face seven. So can we talk about the uh, the thing that I was find cool about unorthodox that no one seems to get? Can we go through and explain like each little? We were the kings and queens of the Easter egg. Okay. All right. So reconsider. That voice you hear on there uh, is Rachel Rosen oh, right, doing right. it, right? Mm-hmm. So that was our tribute to a band that we looked up to called Fallacy from right. Staten Island. Their record had Pat Cooper. Pat, Pat Duncan. Cooper. Pat Duncan. Duncan. Not Pat Cooper. <laughs> Pat Cooper. Listen to me, you fuck. Um, from WFMU. The legendary Pat Duncan. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So he would be like, where's Fallacy? What, their yeah, band on fire? Fallacy, where are they tonight? Yeah. And that was like their intro. So we had People Rachel. should look up the live on FMU Pat Duncan sets. They're all really We played yeah. it. Yeah, it was yeah. awesome. Yeah. But we, so we had Rachel do that as like kind of our wink and nod, which is also funny because like this was literally like a year or two after that Fallacy record. It wasn't like we were looking back at like a minor threat record. It was like two years before. But we, so we did that. The end of Purgatory 
the only time, the only indecision record with me that has a curse on it. Mm. That curse, you know where that's from? Rorschach. That was our tribute to Rorschach. Right. How many times? Fuck. Yeah. That's literally from that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's... Um, we were the kings of the, the Easter 99 egg. tracks. I don't know if anyone understood. You, you at first were like skeptical, but now you're feeling it. You and like then um, there's a few other things. I can't remember. But so I told the story stuff, last yeah. night. I, I, we played with Gorilla Biscuits probably a while before, after you, before you've heard. A couple weeks. A couple weeks. A couple weeks. So um, the, the New Haven... When when Rev was in New Haven, they put out uh, Start Today on CD and had 99 tracks. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the One Hit Thunder or were nothing more than a One Hit Blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh, and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you'd cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effie Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week, I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. Most, you know, it was a record, and then, you know, 84, just tracks of just random. Blank tracks, different right. weird noises, Right, et them, like, talking. you know, talking to, like, their manager. Yeah. I was explaining this to Morgato. I was like, dude, there's a part where he goes, keep fucking around, you're going to be in jail with Roger and the judge chenga. Yeah, like, yeah. whatever. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? So. We love that. I, we listened to that like it was, like, Religious more than the record, yeah, I think. Yeah. So. Because that was like a, that was, one of the things, like, when I got into, when I really got into hardcore, it was because I, I bought a, a Napalm Death scum on cassette. I still have it. It was purple. And I got that and I got... Um, Pungent Stench? No. I don't remember what else Incantation. it was. <laughs> but even like... So I was into Black Flag, right? Yep. The Black Flag record, though, I have no idea what they looked like because the damaged cassette was just was just the, the fist yeah. punching the mirror. Yes. Um you know, and and I was into like Guns N' Roses, and it was like, well, these guys are rock stars. I'm never going to be them, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I got it was Napalm Death Scum, and there was another record I got. Was it Blood Sweat No Tears? No, it was Blood Sweat No Tears, yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. like, the white tape. I was like, these guys kind of look like me. Like yeah. they don't look much older than me, right. and that just blew it wide open for me. So I think the Gorilla Biscuits thing, 
listening to those 99 tracks and, and that stuff. Personality. It, yeah, it was like, wow, this is what these guys are like, and this is what we sound like. The, like us. Like, this yeah. is how we yeah. sound driving around in Bagel's car, like yeah. fucking around. Making go- Brooklyn goofing accents, people, right? yeah. Goofing yeah. around. It, yep. it just humanized it, and it made, it, it made you feel like, oh, we could do the same thing. Yep. But seriously, the accents... A bad, on, yeah. On, on the dog. Dog. Dude, he sounds like, <laughs> hey, you going to the toilet? He sounds like so <laughs> fucking broke. But just like, my favorite part when he's like, you'll be in jail like Roger and the judge singer. And, and Luke goes, what the fuck? Like, he just had, like, but like we had stuff like me fucking snoring. Yeah. Justin talking about how great it feels to pee after you really got to pee. Right. Wall, like all this like stupid bullshit. Silly stuff, yeah. yeah. But like, so we did that as like a tribute to like Gorilla Biscuits right. but no one ever got that but like that's what we did and like right, cause by a, the time people were into us they didn't have the 99 not, track no, start today no, and there's like a fake death metal song that we did that is at the end that like they pitch shifted my voice so I was like really really high and really really low Yeah, but one of the riffs is definitely Public Assistance by oh, really? AF I don't remember Yes, and if you listen in a death metal voice, I'm singing public assistance <laughs> over it. That's right. Really because it's like, and I'm like, no, and I'm like, you know, I'm 20 and not realizing what I'm saying, and it's fucked up. And um, so the 99 tracks. So, so I talk about this on stage and how like there's like a you know a fucking bucket list thing to be able to play with GB and mm-hmm. how we looked up to it, whatever. And like Walter talks to Justin afterwards. He He's like, yeah, we were making fun of, and and Justin goes, Doug Carrion. Yeah, I'm like, dude, I know. Like, we yeah. listen, and like, that Walter was like was our like, Bible. Yeah, we know, man. We yeah. memorized yeah. those 99 tracks. Right, and Walter's like, oh, well. That's a little weird. No. So you can't, you can't get that now? No. That doesn't exist. Wow. Uh, there's reasons for it because some of the people who are mentioned or referenced were not psyched, psyched on, on it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. You still so, have that, right? That's the, the yeah. only the first... Print, only first edition of the CD has nine. Oh my tracks. god! So it even was like so good. A few errors. But then there. we did it wow. with every every record, pretty much. People got more excited that. about that. Yeah. What are you going to do on the end of the record? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the same. It's the same thing. It, it humanizes. It, per, it gives right. you the personality. Unorthodox. It's purely speaking on this, it's it's considered the big indecision record. I mean, like popular, right? Sure. Right. Would you, if you could change one thing, Justin, Tom says this all the time, what would you change? Huh. Because um, obviously you're happy with the songs, the yeah. songs you like. Could I change one thing with that? Would record? you have actually gone in and said, hey, fuck it, we're going to re-record this whole thing? Oh. Like if we would have... I would say speed it up. <laughs> when well, I listen to it now, I'm like, oh like, God, like, jump, jump, can you play a little I don't know, faster? Like, I, think, <laughs> I think I actually enjoy the... The the versions of the songs that we microwave better than the newer versions. I don't oh, love okay. the recordings okay. of the newer stuff. Right. Safe Haven, Fracture, No. Shadow Boxing. No, no. I think No is. I have to, I'd have to look at the yeah. CD. Yeah. But you don't think like. We kind of sprinkled. We tried to sprinkle it so that. Here's we, an extra guitar. We like, tried to yeah, make yeah, it look some cohesive. Stuff. Yeah, of course. But I'm pretty sure the stuff that. The Samaritan recordings I liked better than whatever we ended up doing for but that now think session. think about it. Like in 2020, we're playing songs that we wrote in 1996. Not it, even 96, probably earlier. Well, right, there yeah. about. But like, <laughs> wouldn't you. Don't, to me, I go, fuck. I w- if I would have known people would have given a shit. Five years after this, I would. We, I wish we would have went to a real studio because uh, I feel like it's always like 
every my experience in both bands, it was like, oh, we'll just record wherever. And then the next guy is like, we'll do Big Blue Mini. No, or we'll do like a fucking $30,000. But was that a real, like Ron had the place. It was always Ron. I mean, yeah. Ron's great. Yeah. But I'm saying like you guys went to Ron like Big Blue, Mini, Big Blue Mini that was like where Madonna recorded. Yeah. Then I was yeah. like in a basement in fucking Bensonhurst. I don't know. I, mean, I think it would have sounded it's better. Only new. No, but I mean like in retrospect. Yeah. Like knowing those I mean, in songs. In retrospect, we probably should have got it mastered. Well, that too. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank um, you to Bitter Melody for so actually doing for, that for us. All three of you, what was your favorite song off Unorthodox? Rachel? Yeah. Uh, probably Purgatory. Okay. Yeah. Probably Purgatory for nah. you too. No. I love Fracture. Yeah. I love that song. Um, I love the little, the, 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 the drum, like the tribal drums in the middle and stuff, and there's a good mosh riff in that. The Strife mosh riff. I'm not saying that we wrote it first, but we wrote it first. <laughs> um, there was an original version of Purgatory that we we recorded for a, for a comp that never came out. Yeah. Welcome to New York. Now go it home. It was so slow. It was like oh dun, yeah. Dun. So all right. So we record that for uh, Peppermint. Yeah, I thought it came out. I don't know if it ever came out, but no, it did. Because Millhouse was on it too. And we recorded that, and I it was think. super slow, yeah. and it was Purgatory, and then Heaven, because right. you played the thing in it, the yeah. landmine spring riff after yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the people that owned the studio thought you and Rachel were doing heroin in the bathroom. Oh, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know why. I think it was, maybe it was sick. <laughs> or maybe you were young and in love and be like, no, we're going to hump no, in No, 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 it was nothing like that. I think like I was actually like sick or something. But and, they and were like, like, that band's doing heroin. Yeah. I'm like, we are the nicest people. Yeah, like, there's no, no way we're doing heroin. Um all right, so Unorthodox comes out. Well, wait, what's your favorite song on Unorthodox? Um, hmm. I don't love it on the record, though. Live, <laughs> it's just... But it, I, um, <clears throat> maybe Safe Haven. Really? I like that song. I like Safe Blindfold, Haven, too. Blindfold Safe just, Haven and Fracture are the same parts. Both have the same parts because we wrote them at the same time and there's a part that isn't each song we didn't realize until it was over. Right. <laughs> put it together until later you're like yeah, oh okay yeah. Yeah. Oh, like, oh no shadow box we wrote that in Bago's basement with the sub, with sub the basement yeah. with the wumpus <laughs> so what what is the first and we'll move forward from here what is the first indecision song that you can remember it being like oh shit this is the song people are this is it people are all in lies lies or purgatory like, oh lies or reconsider stuff from this split seven inch you mean like when like people outside of our little circle yes 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 huh Resurrection. Yeah, Resurrection was our friends, though, they said. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Hollowed. Probably the Rick to Life split stuff. Yeah, Yeah. that's what I said. But, like, Hollowed, I was telling somebody, I was like, dude, we didn't play that for, like, a while. Because we thought it was too weird and nobody would care. The first time we played it, we opened with it at Staten Island. At Staten Island at the Wave, opening for, like, closure. Remember remember that? Mm. Yeah. Because it was just kind of like, all right, opening for closure. Yes, how (laughs) could. Unorthodox comes out, it does pretty well. Nobody, it's not like anywhere we're going to play, which we, we talked about. We had like no yeah. distribution, whatever. Yeah. Then but we didn't sudden, have the option of putting that out on, on Victory or anything, right? It wasn't well, until no. after. It was later. Not much later. It was before. Right, but Orthodox, we had already, it wasn't like we made the decision to stay with Exit, no, was it? But when we put that out, as soon as it came out and it started like doing okay, we got approached by. Right, but they wanted three. us to put out a new record. But they wanted to buy Unorthodox oh, really? and put it out. I don't remember. Uh, I don't it? remember that. Yes, because I remember sitting it and trying to do like a like an ad for like because Victory wanted to sign us on yeah. the new record and like buy Unorthodox and like. I remember we were on tour. 
Weren't we about to go into like Canada or something? I remember it was March of, I don't know, 90 something. We did... We did some, or in February, we did some weird Midwest. It was freezing. We drove, we played, the, we played out to California to play for Jason Upright. Okay, that's what it was. In Revelation. I remember checking my messages. One message was from Tony Brummel. Mm-hmm. Or not, no, it wasn't Tony. It was, what's that guy? Ron. Ron Platzer. Ron, Ron Platzer. Was a, he loved us from day one. Yes, he, he was ba- Ron tried to sign him, us. I knew him through Crucial Chaos. Though, Ron Platzer had tried to sign Indecision from the Syracuse Fest. Yeah. When it was before Hellfest. Yeah. 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 I remember um, him up front singing along and yeah. like, there's like a guy He's that's like, trying hey, to sign We're going to do a t shirt. We're going to take the independent skate logo and write Indecision. Yeah. Like, Can't we just do that <laughs> now? Do nice. you have to yeah. wait till he signed the victory? He was great. Jason Upright was cool too. So I remember checking the messages. One message was from Ron. The next message was from Jason Upright. So Jason Upright, for people who don't know, was an A and R guy at for Revelation. Revelation for most of the late nineties. Yeah. Right? And Ron 90s. was the A and R guy for Victory, Victory right? Yep. Or one of them. Yeah. And back to back messages, them saying we want to put out your record, and we had already been talking to Exit about doing Most Precious Blood. Yeah. Right. But this was still like. Uh, like, but was that when Artie was in charge of Exit? Yeah. Unorthodox point? wasn't out yeah. that long. Right. Yes. And like some of us were like. Victor's got strife and an earth crisis. Yeah. I'd like to do that. And like I remember like it was mostly you. Like, nah, because man, we're going to stay with Exit the Man. The problem like, was that I mean, we were in Millhouse too. So that made was, it even I, more complicated. I think there was some there was some guilt. I yes. think it was right. um and some like punk rock like D- yeah, we're but, DIY, but yeah. we're not going out. Yeah. Me, I was like, oh, dude, And we then could, you like, always wonder, well, if we had done that, how would things have been different? Sure. <laughs> and it was also <laughs> this was also before like Victory Victory had its second win with Hatebreed. Yes. Right? right. This Which was, was bef- 97. But this was before that. Really. Yeah, this is probably right before. Yes. yes. They just, yes. So we didn't yeah. know what was about Who, to happen. Yeah, right. The, mid, it wasn't the mid-90s Victory stuff has happened, right. and now it's all like, what is next? Because yeah. that so that's, that's like, that stuff is... Right. So it's like Destroy the Machines era. Like, nah, it but it was, still it was still it was, good, yeah. It, it was, was in this Defiance era. Yeah, it was like the it was like purgatory, it wasn't purgatory for Victory Records. We didn't know which way it was going to go. Right. Um, like you know, they had hi-fi in the. It was like all over the place. That, that, that whole and, yeah. era, like, it's hard to put this. Hatebreed was a defining record. Yeah, it was yeah. like, oh my god! But if you look at what Victory does from like ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine, two thousand, they got a lot of different. Their hands are in a lot of yeah. different yeah. pots. Yeah. They're throwing yeah. spaghetti at yeah. the wall. Yes. Yep. So. so we were kind of concerned. Like, are we? There was definite guilt about leaving our friends that kind of believed in us you know exit put out our record when no one it, no one it was else either got. do a split album with no redeeming social value on too damn hype or have exit put out our album right so there was some you know there was an affinity there was guilt there i think and it was also not knowing what was happening with victory because hindsight was 2020 but at the time we didn't know what was like we thought victory was like done it was like yeah. earth crisis all that shit was kind of done yeah um, 1997, are you guys on drugs? That's what, it wasn't. It was, was not. That was when they were the biggest. No, 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 no I, I actually no remember way. what no the way. issue was, but I don't know that I want to say it. We could delete it if we want. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't want to be like an also ran. Like, oh, now right. they're now they're looking to, to like sign the up some Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn yeah, Nobody yeah, wants yeah. to be the bridesmaid, right? To all that yeah. stuff, you know. And, but it and wasn't. Ever. I'm telling you, it, we didn't want to be warned. It was not at a time. <laughs> I would be warned when <laughs> it was not at a time when signing to victory was like a no. No, so Tom, I I know, I know what you're talking about, right. about too. Earth Crisis was big, but Earth Crisis had already by that time started to move to Ozfest, and I think they were 
if they weren't already signed to Roadrunner, they were about to. But and it was like, like no. I'm talking about out, victory. Case, like, right, no, no. But that was this was Victory 2.0. We're talking yeah. about original Victory was Earth Crisis, Snapcase, and uh, Strife. And Strife. Strife. Right. This. When they offered indecision a deal, it was not that era Look of victory. Look when fucking that second Snapcase LP came out when they were huge. It's 97. Then maybe we're talking, maybe this happened in 98 and we're it not remembering it. It was after Most Precious Blood came out. I think it was no, 98. It was, after, it was after Unorthodox. Because yeah. it was before Most Precious Blood. But right. what about the split with Shai Hulu? Because remember then Jason, when we were thinking, it was more like, oh, well, no, we want you for, not for um, Revelation, but for Crisis. Yeah. Cause, cause then Shai Hulud was going to be on Crisis, and then right. they wanted us on Crisis, not technically Revelation. Well, think about it. It had to be before Most Precious Blood because we recorded the stuff with the dude from the Swans. Yes. No, we also inch. recorded the stuff for the Shai Hulud seven inch was split was recorded during the Most Precious Blood album recording. Right, but I'm saying we played out to California with that 500 yes. copy thing. Yes, which was before. Most Precious Blood and yes. After Unorthodox. Well, it had to be 97 because I wasn't in the yeah. band. Right. Right. So, so Snapcase, Progression Through Unlearning. I don't even remember when they joined the no, band. No, Unorthodox came out in 1997. <laughs> yes. but yeah. when did, Progression when did, Through Unlearning comes out in 97. Right. But uh, in, Cal- in this defiance. In this defiance, is, I'll pull it up. But, but, but Gamora's comes out in 96. Breed the Killers is 98. So right. Earth Crisis leaves... Um, the Wars is ninety six. California shit. Takeover is ninety six. Um, the first Snapcase record is ninety three. Right, just to like it's kind of unbelievable. It. It's, it's crazy. We were not. I'm telling you, this was in a weird time for okay. Victory Records. Yeah. They just signed Fury of Five. We didn't know what That's was true. happening. And, and Strife, Strife, the, the tide was starting to turn on Strife a bit too. You know what I yeah, mean? It was like, also this. Look, this is what I remember. Which one? We're having a sidebar right here. here. Ninety. That was my first. Show. Guys, this is what I remember. Oh, oh wait, wait, wait! September nineteen ninety-seven. Okay, that was, my, that was my first. Show. Let me refresh was, yes. all your memories here. No, oh, God, you're, you're gonna be wrong. <laughs> you. No, I'm not. I'm not wrong. Tom's still We were guy. offered. <laughs> we were offered when Victory came to us. It was post the glory days. Snapcase, Earth Crisis, Strife. Okay. It was before Hatebreed. Yes, because Jamie wore the indecision shirt, unorthodox shirt, unorthodox shirt, in satisfaction of desire. Yes, it was it was victory 2.0. People were already starting to turn on victory and say they're no good, they're corporate, Corporate. blah blah blah. Which lines up with a lot of things you guys kind of yes, that's what it was. You know, so it was not only are they now sort of suddenly public enemy number one, even though all the big bands in the scene at the time were on victory. victory, People suddenly decided they hated victory because it was corporate. We didn't know what was going to happen there. And they were starting to sign all these other bands that we kind of felt were like right. con- contemporaries well, did, at best. When did the Dead Guy record come out on Victory? That was before. That was yeah, before. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so it, was, decide, it wasn't a no-brainer. It was, and, and you guys have all these reasons to stay with Exit slash Wreckage. Yeah. Tom has a very... It just, but that's what happened. That's what, <laughs> that's right, what happened. Yeah. What but I said. You, you, you wish... If you could go back, you would have loved to seen what that path would have been like. On if we would have re- I in hindsight, I think if we would have re-recorded right? unorthodox and like put it out on Victory, like and been out on tour with like fucking hate breed rather than going on tour with our friends in front of forty people every night. Like what the show that we played last night, we could still do everywhere. 
yeah. and we can't do that because <laughs> we would go to places we and go just to DIY for own. But there's no, stupid. But we go to no places and go like to the Generation Records of that big city and that town, and they wouldn't have any of our fucking records. Yeah. So of course nobody knows us. Yeah. And it wasn't the internet that you're like, I'm just gonna pull it up on Spotify. Mm-hmm. You know how disheartening that shit was. I but like know. you could go in and be like, oh, you have no copies sucked. of Catch Twenty Two. Yeah. That sucked. Be, that's be nice. That's rolling right. into rolling into a town. And going to the local, you know, we, I remember going to Ear Ecstasy in Louisville and be like, oh, sick. Yeah, they, didn't they have, have everything. That sucked. That yeah. Sucked. You know, and of course, you know, so, but like you could go and get fucking 19 copies of But I'm telling of you, we had a real, it was a real moment of <laughs> Just soul searching. It, it was, was some DIY. It was a soul searching. shit. Like <laughs> we're an ABC band playing mosh riffs. That's what no, it was. It's not. You, we you're wanted just, to be too punk. You just don't remember. At that time, signing to victory was not. It was but not cool. But we didn't take the crisis route either. Right. And so NPR was the, 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 the like, crisis was thing. The crisis thing to move to that. Yeah. Sort of felt like being like, oh, revelation, revelation. Not uh, really. Right. That was another crisis. crisis. It felt a little, right? a little <laughs> slight-ish, right? At that point, was that Rob Moran? No. Yeah, it was his label at one point. It wasn't then. Right? No. It was Walters very at the very beginning. I don't know if Rob maybe yeah. had something to do with it in the middle. Um, but but <laughs> yeah. but it's Arguing. yeah. So so. You looked around, you had these offers, and you decide for the next record, let's stick with Exit. We're going to put this record out in the void that no one will ever hear. <laughs> but, but you had connections. You know, obviously, Artie's running Exit, I guess. Is that right? Doing a bang-up job. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Exit had become its own little Long Island thing. To- yeah. It had a presence in the tri-state, yeah. for sure. Yeah. For sure, people knew what it was. Right. And the, your records were in New Jersey. You know what that, I mean? That, right. it's just- that Exit Wreckage showcase show at Coney Island High. Mm-hmm. That, Where like- I played like three sets. I was, we were in yeah. every band on well, the yeah, label. You, you were in Judas, Judas Factor, Factor also. Yeah, but that was like a huge sold out show. Yeah, we had me and Patrick. Yeah. Me and Patrick talk about being. That was cool. Me and Patrick talk about being the only Judas Factor fans outside of. And Tom is also Judas Factor. Judas Factor. <laughs> um, that was Factor. fun. That was fun. Enjoy the Rev Records. Um, that, were you on the first Rev Record? I wrote it, but I wasn't playing on it. Ballads? Whole bath, like, no, yeah, Ballads of Blue China? No, we wrote it, but we didn't play on it. Oh, very good. You're only on that seven inch. Yeah. You and Pat, me and Pat. Yeah. Pat trying to play punk beats, weird yeah. shit. So, so all right, we go. So you, you now are starting to be established, right? Like you, sure. Like we in tour this feels established. Yes. Toured most precious blood. The record. What's the difference between most precious blood, the album, and unorthodox? We just knew how to play. The recording's better. Well, most precious blood was also a cohesive. A like we wrote yeah. a new album. Yeah. Like we would go From, to like this place, the Josie's Nut, Nut, Josie's Nut Shop in Franklin Rock, Square, Rockville Center. No, Franklin Square. Square. And it was literally down these stairs under a candy shop. And we, like, with Killer With porn pictures there. all over was the wall. Was that Killer space too? A bunch yes. of bands. Bunch and we would bands. just literally go there. Yeah, remember the wall? Uh, like dick pics and stuff, yeah. yeah. No, uh, it wasn't dick pics. Remember. It was all <laughs> freaking ladies. I don't remember. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. The wall was covered with porn. It wasn't us. No, I know. We were the, I don't remember what band it was. Wieners of some just, gender. Like, go Great. there and be like, huh. Put this on the record. I would, And I say, I ask you this question with no, you know... Say whatever you will. Were we the most gentlemanly band that no, you were? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fine. It has nothing to do with that. I just right, remember okay. always feeling like just going to practice there. <laughs> well, but we, we never did that in the van. No, I know or, okay, it wasn't okay. you guys. I just want to make put that Except on you had your printout of Jenny McCartney or something. <laughs> <laughs> we know that That one's on the record. We have oh, that wait, one. I talked New about that story already. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> about us getting stopped. <laughs> and they're like opening the... <laughs> for posterity. Can I tell you? Who knows the story best? Tom, obviously. Okay. For posterity in this episode. the only there for that. Okay, so... Right? Because we're the only... So, you, you guys tag team the story. All right, so we get pulled over in Austria. Yeah, 
and they're like, um, "Have you played any shows here?" We're like, "No, no." So they pull, you know, oh, they're like, "Where are you from?" We're like, "New York." They're like, "Pull into that garage." We're like, "Oh shit!" This is 1997, the tour that we played 55 shows in 58 days, and um, so we get pulled aside. They they split us. They all kind of line us up. They go through our bags and stuff. I had like throat coat tea in my bag that broke throat open. Coat. They thought it was weed. Then they took the Tic Tacs and were like pu- like trying to like compare it to like drugs mm-hmm. and shit. They had a, yeah, they had <laughs> like a poster, a poster on a chart. Like, right, this yeah, like, is like this, ecstasy, this, this. whatever. So they start, um, they like pull us apart and like they're like, "Did you play in Austria?" We're like, "No." And then like they would literally open, they like took my my journal. my journal out and they were like, "Played in Austria last." I'm like, "Fucking hell, <laughs> man!" Like played in Vienna, blah blah blah. And then they start going to like all our stuff. I had this is 1997. I had a um, an address book, and the girl I was dating at the time, for whatever reason, she was like way into the internet, mm. um, and she printed me out a dot matrix photo of Jenny McCarthy topless. That's a prized gift in 1997. <laughs> it was, and, but it was you know the printing like it was yeah. one of those. Yeah, yeah, and that's the, an you hour have to rip printing. off the sides. Yeah, but it was like in like one of the folds, and someone like took like and the guy took it out and was like opened it up. <laughs> then they were going through other stuff, and I apologize in advance to Justin. They're like going through everyone's like clothes and pulling out fucking socks and all this shit, and they take out like this like bag, and they they unspool a thing of. Of uh, Magnum condoms, <laughs> and we all kind of looked at Justin and Rachel like, all right, like yeah. I don't know why I did that. Hey, you know, and there was well, a there was a bag of <laughs> there was a bag of rubber there was bands no time with the, for that to happen. No, <laughs> yeah, this is literally like <laughs> like unfolding like three dozen Magnum condoms and a bunch of so rubber that bands. teamed with that Jenny McCarthy print. Like, <laughs> like indecision knows how to party. Then we get split We're like up, Murphy's right? Law. Yeah. The <laughs> driver gets pulled into a room. He gets strip searched. It was what really kind scary. of party animals do you have with you? Jesus, yeah, it was so scary. It was really scary. Was really oh, scary. Don't forget, yeah. this associate had the van before us. Oh God, so there's probably just drugs everywhere. So they rip apart our van. They separate us. They put us in different rooms. Driver gets. Strip searched. Our buddy Joe that was with us gets strip searched. Did you get strip searched? I did. Rachel got strip searched. Um, Justin? No. No. So Everybody else smelled too bad. Yeah, Pat got strip searched. <laughs> now, bad girl's going right before me. I'm a fucking lunatic that had to like shower. I would lie and say I was a trucker so I could get showers every night. Yeah, of course. Nice. Bago, not so much at the time. And he went to pull his pants down, and it stunk so much. The guy was like, put it back on. Put it back on. Like, <laughs> we're, we're good. We're good. good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the next guy in. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, they just make me come in like, can we, you know, um, do you do drugs? And I was like, no, I'm straight edge. We don't do, I don't do any drugs, whatever. And uh, he was like, can I see your wallet? I was like, all right. So I give him my wallet. I have like a picture of my niece who was like just adopted. She's like, he's like, very cute. You can go. And that was it. And I was like, holy shit. And then they let us go. But like, they literally like ripped off like everything from the wall. It was a fucking nightmare. Um, but where were we before that? I don't even remember. We were fighting about we could have been on a victory. We could have oh. been hate breed, and then Justin. Moved so then, no. So so, so no. We put out indecision. Most most blood, blood, which is oh, yeah. cohesive. Oh. Cohesive album. Yeah. I, and that was the first let, let one just, I was there for. Let me just, let me say this. Why are you if, punching me? If, <laughs> if, <laughs> this is the story. This, this is why we never got along in the van because Justin if was punching this, Rachel. If this, if we were in the salad days of Victory Records, there's no. We would have signed with them. Okay. <laughs> Agree to disagree. Rach. You'll I just the, think no. I th- I think that Rachel it was made definitely her point of why we didn't. DI- do it. Well, no, but also the, but I think it was, was we had very DIY ethics. We had, then. We had like less, born against yeah, fantasy, well, fucking. Yeah. But it was we less about it was less about feeling guilty 
that Amber and Pablo's had exit or Artie were going to be mad. Maybe that was right. part that of it. That was part but of it. But it was also that at that time, Victory was not... It was corporate. They were corporate. And we were right. like, you know, fucking ABC. Well, that, yeah, that's, but we're, that no was, one gave us the time of day. I, of I, I mean, as a kid who was just getting into stuff, it was like a 16-year-old wearing hoodies every day and cargo shorts. Victory was weird. It felt much different, even than Rev. And Rev was pretty fucking big at the time. Yeah, right. it, it, as a kid, Victory was a big deal. But at the same time, like, I wasn't old enough for the mid-90s victory heyday. Right. I was old enough for the like Trash. end of that and well, it being like yeah. like oh this is like it felt it felt glossy. It felt it felt ca- there's a there's labels there's labels out right now that put out stuff that are are cool. That's cool. That that some good hardcore or hardcore Jace records but that have approached younger bands that I know and the younger bands are like I don't know it they just feel glossy and right. it doesn't feel right. And I wouldn't be surprised if there was a lot of that kind of same feel that people could resonate with. Like, you can look back now and go, oh, we were probably, maybe that would have been good. Maybe that would have turned out good. Yeah. But at the time, something didn't feel 100% about yeah, that's, it. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, so then um, we record on... Uh, Most Precious Blood. Do, yeah. do you think people overlook Most Precious Blood as an album or do you feel like it yes. gets represented well? No? No, I think it gets overlooked. Partially because I was only in the band for two weeks. Two yeah, months. we didn't really. I mean, we broke up not long after. No, so. you can't. Not me broke out. up, but we, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you broke up. <laughs> you okay. broke up in 2002. Yeah, I mean, we I toured mean, and um, it, it didn't get the attention we thought. Because, like, those songs were out. We, it came out uh, June of 1998. We did a big record release show at, at uh, Coney Island High. And then we did a summer tour. I was out of the band by August. Mm um, they played their first show in Asbury Park mm. um, at Alive and Well with Artie. Oh yeah, I was there. Um, if you look at the ind- if anyone has the Indecision documentary, watch them talk about that. If you look <laughs> in the bottom <laughs> bottom left hand side of the fucking of the screen, you can see me with Fury of Five standing behind me because Fury wanted to bum rush the stage and beat up every, everyone in Indecision. We, we would we deserve yes. It. And I was like, don't do that. <laughs> but they, if you Even wa- me. No, they were like, I mean, quite honestly. That's if, not a good look. Quite honestly, if you weren't in the band, I would have been like, go for it. Like, <laughs> fuck these dudes up. Fuck all of them. Okay, so let's let's pull it back then. That record release show at Coney Island, was that a fun show? It was one of the like, was huge. highest yeah. drawing shows like, Coney yeah, Island it was, ever had. It was awesome. It was, um, it was big for us because we were the headliners. Yeah. We kind of owned. Like, that's got to feel away. It was cool. It Finally. Felt, it like, felt like, wow, okay. Kind of thing, right? yeah. yeah. Like, they sold out like both floors of Coney Island High. Like, they like counted upstairs as part of like the... The count. The yeah, count. The I had to play three times because right. the show was indecision, indecision, mind over matter, yup aside, Millhouse, Silent Majority, Glassjaw, Judas Factor, Sons of Abraham, La Magna, something like that. Something. Yeah, <laughs> they it was like the, the whole dude. the whole show the whole roster motive. Yeah. Right. They fucked. Yep, yeah. Treface is gone already. Oh, okay. Um, mind over matter did the reunion for that. Right. Yeah. They fucked with the dude from Sons of Abraham who went running out into St. Mark's place. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> they were spraying him with silly string and they had oh, balloons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, fuck you guys. And yeah, like he that. did the like the chubby kid in a rom com like in a teenage comedy gets made fun of and they like storm out the door. That's what he oh. did like onto St. Mark's. I remember being it's oh. like pitch black and that door would open up on St. Mark's and like the bright light would come yep. in and he went running and that's how the show ended. That's how their set ended. I was like <laughs> and that was when Glass Show was like very close to signing with Exit. Before they signed uh, to Roadrunner, and that's why they were on that. But yeah, Judas Factor played. So the show was awesome, nuts. fun, fun, fun. Yeah. 
So what 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 happens? What then we where, go on tour and tour sucks. So tour sucked. Millhouse and Decision Sign Majority. That was a rough tour. Sucked. We were gone for a really long time. It was literally the whole summer. Yeah. Nobody cared. Nobody came to see any of our bands. Like, nobody cared. Nobody cared. There'd be pockets. Birmingham, Alabama. Awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Atlanta. Awesome. Yeah. Then we'd go to, like, almost, like, California, we would be playing in front of, like, 25 people. Right. Dreadful. Dreadful. And I think we start blaming... You know, you start thinking, oh, we should have signed to victory. Right. We should have done this. We start blaming everybody but ourselves. And then we sure. all start fighting. And then we're blaming, oh, it's And, this. like, yeah, you'd be doing it every night. And you're like, yo, this sucks. Like, yeah. playing shows to nobody night after night after night, it, it sucks. Playing hardcore hurts. Mm-hmm. It's not fun. It's not like I just go out there and I, I sing to the angels for now. Like, <laughs> that fucking shit it hurts. And then I had gotten into grad school. We played a show in Vancouver for Aram booked us. Yep. Sent us to the wrong place. Or oh, the show would, got yeah. moved. Yeah. Right. And no one told us. Sent, yeah, she didn't Eva tell sent, us. never updated yeah. us. And we like parked the car. We were like walking around. Pause. I remember sitting on a curb somewhere, I don't know where on tour, and saying, uh, we were upset with Eva, our booking agent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We got to write her a letter. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna pen a tersely worded email just for timing, so people can register what this is. So tours rough, and you guys are kind of maybe sniping. Yeah, you're, you're brutal, in different headspace. You're in, you just got into grad school. Yeah, and I was not willing to tour as much after that, okay. and they still wanted to. And then like Vancouver was the breaking point to me, at least. Like, so we park. We're like walking around this like park, and then someone's like someone from like Silent Majority or something's like. Is that someone coming out of your van? Like, what? <laughs> we go running. The fucking van is fucking everything stolen. They stole no, the tape. No, everything. Or everything that I it had. Was with your me. stuff. Yeah, yeah. it was your stuff. Yeah, it was stolen. Just stored. It was you. No, but I'm saying you said everything. No, it was like your stuff, Brian's stuff. Luckily, <laughs> Pat's I had stuff, the money on me. A bunch of stuff. Like everyone got a bunch. I, I got clothes stolen. It was fucking yeah. disgusting. Yeah. You know. So some people got it worse than others. Yeah. And like so then we Pat, went on. That's like, all I'm saying. Yeah. The Vancouver show itself was fucking nuts. They took your cassettes though. They stole my cassettes. <laughs> they got my Fiona Apple tape. There's a fucking heroin addict in Vancouver, Washington, Vancouver, fucking BC. That's my goddamn Fiona Apple tape. And my MasterCard straight edge shirt, I'm gonna find now. My uh, bicycle hammer jersey, yeah. let's go. So then we like, so we go on this, we play the show, the show's fucking, so it's Sound Majority, Indecision, Millhouse, and Strain in Vancouver, which was a big deal. And like, we go on, after this, we go on like a vigilante mission to find these, to find our people, stuff. Yeah. Like, we see this guy across the street with like Brian Meehan's backpack. So like, we chase that dude down, people are punching people, all this sort of stuff. Like we're getting like piece bits and pieces back. We chase these guys into like a deli or something of some sort, and then so- someone pulled a gun on us. I no, don't so it's a needle. No, someone outside. Do you? Are you never here? Like I don't know. I you remember make a, someone pulling out a needle. The, no. no, but there were two guys that were outside the store. It. We I don't ran into. Guns. I Maybe you didn't chase needles. after us. Were you gonna run into the store and try to beat up some fucking? Me probably not. No. But like, there were dudes that like were outside that store and I they pulled already guns. threw a muffin at someone. <laughs> and I and the cops were like, the cops came to us, remember? And they were like, "You guys gotta get the fuck out of here. Everyone's coming for you. Like, literally, everyone is looking for you now." Get the, you gotta get the fuck out of here. And we taped up the windows and we drove. Well, that was like a notorious area of Vancouver. Yeah. Which I found... That we, so, like, we were driving up and down these alleys and it'd be, like, people in, like, shooting suits up and- shooting up between yeah. their toes. Because yeah. yeah. we were, like... When you're from, like, New York, you think you're, like, a global citizen. You're, like, 
dude, I've seen shit. Like, we'll be fine. We were there. We're like, what yeah, the fuck is happening? Like, oh, we, this is what the heroin capital yeah. North America yes. looks like. Okay. And then we, like, played a couple of shows. We drove down to California. We stopped at Revelation. And they had known about our stories. And, like, whoever was there you got a new wardrobe. was, like, go into the warehouse, take whatever you want. So That's I took cool. a bunch of, like, GB shirts and Youth Today shirts. <laughs> mm-hmm. We happened to be there when Elliot was there. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. and that guy, Jay Palumbo, was like, which one of you guys, the goth or whatever? And it was Justin. Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. like your Susie and the Banshees yeah. cover or whatever. And then we played our way home. We played in Buffalo. Um, we almost got beaten up in Buffalo. That was fun. Uh, and then we got home, and then I was out of the band, and you guys played. Uh, so so let's, let's go there for a second. Yes. What happened? How did it go down? Justin. You're not fired. Justin, how did it go down? With what? Kicking time out? Well, yeah. Justin wouldn't know because he didn't make the call. He made Pat the least f- friendly <laughs> no, person in the band to me. I didn't make him call. I think he offered to call. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take over. So, so so Justin, my best friend in the band, who we worked together forever, didn't call me. Had no. the guy that I didn't really get along with anyway I think call it was me. more... Um, the way I remember it was... I mean, I was obviously in agreement that things weren't going well. Right. Um, and I think it, it, I think it had reached a point where... I was risking losing the rhythm section of the band if right. we didn't make this decision. Killer rhythms. Um, that's at least that's how I remember it. So, so it was just like there was just so much tension. Something it was had bad. to get. It, it was, was horrible. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. Fu- and it wasn't okay. fun. And we weren't doing anything so great. But that again, it, it was warranted you know, like yeah. sitting through all. It's a catch twenty two. <laughs> if right. we were f- playing to four hundred kids a night and it, yeah. we, all all of our problems probably would have been glossed over and not. Because yeah, it's it's, be- it's winning solves everything, right? The, like yeah. you know, the Knicks are winning, everybody's getting along. Everything's great. The Knicks are losing, we're, nobody's getting along. Right. Let's get but, a new point guard. But the shows suck. No right. one's coming. Yeah. We're not making any money. Right. The and band's now it's breaking a five down. Person band. Two people are a couple, and two other people are like a heterosexual couple. And then it was me by myself. <laughs> Okay. So that's why I was like, this is fucking miserable. So you guys are like, we're in love. Let's go fucking eat fucking vegan slices by ourselves. Pat and Barry were like, let's smoke weed. And I'm like, I'm going to fucking stick so with So yeah, there were silos. There were silos. but was silos. <laughs> Tom is alone. In a, so there was, the, uh, yeah. there was the couple silo, the other couple silo, and the <laughs> thumb up my ass silo. Yeah, it's like, but, cool, man. And the bit, you know, I guess it was because we weren't, it wasn't going great. And everyone, yeah. you know, I guess. We all dealt with it We decided ways. Tom was the reason why. Sure. And, you know, whatever Spoiler that. Alert. Whatever it that. It wasn't. Whatever that was. And then, uh-huh. you know, it was like, all right, now we're going to try to keep going with Artie in the band. And it lasted a year and they broke up. <laughs> so. And Artie was, you guys knew him from being in Millhouse. He had been familiar. He's toured with you a bunch, all that stuff. And it was just like, okay, he can slide in. Very I different. Had, we well, had this. I have two. So I have two remembrances of this. When we first started recording all the Most Precious Blood stuff, Artie goes, this is exactly the band I would like to be in. I had the email. You oh. just sent it to me. I was like, that's cool. Like when we were Wait, sending him, like say? demos or whatever, Artie's like, fuck this band. This is, I would love to be in a band like this. Artie. About us? Yes. Are we oh, putting really? out a new theory? Artie sabotaged the whole tour. <laughs> I mean, he's a miserable prick. I, I, we've almost Wait, fist-fucked. Artie loved Most the Precious most Bud record, the uh, songs that we were doing, and he was like, I would love to be in a band oh, like Oh, I don't this. remember that. I remember that. Then... That's like someone emailing your wife and be like, oh. Yeah, yeah. You know That's who the, the life first I'd choice to was to follow your house is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> right. That's the got, child I'd love to be a father They got to fucking kick me out. They, their first choice was Rob, was, uh, Rob Fish. Yeah, we And he turned you guys down. Oh, I don't remember yeah. that. Yeah. And you tried Scott <laughs> Treface, right? That. Artie was not number one. Artie was like four. Really? No, Scott was later. Why would he try out after Artie? 
Wow, I don't remember. Keep your stuff. options open. You know what I mean? You date around a little bit. Oh, you asked Left Rob a long-term Fish, relationship and just wanted to go on some dates. It's okay. So you guys do that. This is like August of 98. You guys are broken up by... 2000. Right. So it was like a little over okay. a year. Yeah. So what was the what this, was the band like for that year? Fun? Not fun? Uh, okay. First it was fun. It was fun. I mean, it was... We did some fun tours. Yeah. I think I think there was a sentiment that may or may not have been shared by everybody in the band that we needed someone on stage who was going to be um <sighs> like I wasn't we, the most personable playing in front of 12 Right people. like if Tom if Tom if Tom's playing a show in front of people that love us he's the best frontman you ever known mm-hmm. When he's playing a show in front of 30 people who couldn't give a shit He's the worst frontman you ever knew. <laughs> oh God! And I and it's wow. And it's not. But and it's not for me. It's no different. I'm playing guitar, right? It doesn't matter. No, well, but it, I no, because it's like it's like the people who feed off the energy that's happening, right? So I think there was a yeah, feeling that was like, okay, we need someone who even get that crowd going. Tom was too quiet, and he would talk about the Mets. That was your whole fucking bullshit <laughs> stupidity. It was a really bad time for the Mets. Let's uh, be real. Right. It was a tough time to talk about the Mets on stage. <laughs> yeah. So I, think, I never did that. That was always <laughs> about the Mets. I'm like, so wait. So then, but then, okay. Okay, so now we we you have Ar- so now we have Artie in the band, yeah, right, right. And now I remember this. Is, here's a perfect <laughs> juxtaposition. Yeah. Now Artie's in the band, and we got what we thought we needed and we wanted. You thought, yes, but, right. I, I don't, you know, yeah, right. And here we are playing these shows, and some of the shows still suck. You know, even though we're all given a thousand percent, and he's right. he's putting on a show, and he's the guy that we thought we needed. Sure, but then like I remember we got offered to play the Warp Tour. And we're having this conversation stuck in traffic in the van about how Artie's like, yeah, I want to get on the Warp Tour because I'm going to go up there and I'm going to tell Kevin Lyman to go fuck himself. And I'm like, Artie, we'll be off the tour in a day. And so it was like we were constantly like sabotaging ourselves. It was like, are we trying to be successful and and play to new kids and make new audiences? Or are we trying to be back at ABC Norio, which we never really were in the first place. (laughs) We were always making these weird decisions where it's like, okay, now we got this guy in the band because we think he could like win people over because he's going to He's gonna be wild and he's gonna go crazy. Even but if here but he is. He won't do any of this stuff because he does. You know. And then you got yeah. It's a bit and contrarian go, to the nature. We go on a weird label that right. No then one we knows. go on this label that's run by like an oil tycoon. <laughs> right. Yeah. The guy who created the smart bomb paid for release the cure. So, but th- whatever. This guy has his label that's like a nonsense yeah. label where he just it's like a. I guess tax a tax, tax write off. Yeah, right, right. Tax shelter. Bill so Bell. It, just, it was weird. It was like we're getting more and more quote unquote professional, yeah. and we're getting in these rooms and being we got offered, a manager. We had a manager. We're being agent. offered these bigger tours, but we're doing it with a guy who really that's not what he wants to do. So for you two, because you're there, was there a moment when you're thinking about like we got a we got a booking agent, we have a manager. We're on this label that supposedly has all this uh, clearly an influx of funds. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Was there a moment you're like, okay, I guess we're doing this? Like, how did it feel as compared to, say, like two years earlier where you were kind of having these conversations about, like, oh, should we do this label? Ah, that doesn't feel right. You know what I mean? The stakes were higher because it really became our job. Right. We were paying our rent. That was the big transition that started to happen. We sort of dealt with the, you know, like, the, the 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 you know it didn't feel comfortable having all these meetings and talking to managers and talking about tour buses and all this right. nonsense it felt weird it, it was exciting at one point but it felt weird but it was like this is how we're paying our rent now 
So we need right. to do X, Y, and Z because this is all, you know, this is it. But we still know? didn't make smart choices. Like we bought a handicap bus as a tour bus that literally right. made it to like three shows. And then the rest of the time we kept having to rent a van. Right. So now you own this thing and you're having yeah. to rent a thing. Yeah. So still making poor choices even when we had like, we're actually given money to spend on a van and we buy that because we all needed money to live off So, of. so Tom, we're, we're 110 episodes deep in this. Yes. But... Now on episode one eleven, how did you feel when that call goes through? When I got the phone call, when you got the phone call from Pat, were you mad? I was so disappointed. Like I put a lot of like sweat equity into it. Mm -hmm. The people that should have called me didn't. Mm -hmm. So you're clearly hurt. Yeah, I was like that fucking sucks. I think I sent out an email to like fuck these dudes. For you, tell me I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, you were really hurt and sad. These are my friends. And, right. This and it was manifesting as anger. Of course. It was manifesting as anger. It was like the people really I hung out hurt. with every weekend. Yeah. I'm not hanging out with them anymore because they're like, you're they're, they're the going to go pro. Like, yeah. And then like, I remember like being like, all right, whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember going to see them and like, and then I was, I remember I was with my buddy Joe Sansone and we were driving home from somewhere and we were listening to SAU and I was like, what the fuck is this? And they're like, that's new indecision. I was like, all right, I'm good. I thought it was <laughs> Drek. And I was just like, oh, this is like new metal shit. Like now they sound like new everybody. Metal. Dude, Release the Cure is fucking Breed the Killers fantasy. And I remember yeah, being Breed like Breed the Killers wasn't new metal. New metal? Breed the that's Killers? That's the biscuit. No, it's straight up. But I remember being like, oh, now they sound like everybody like everything sounds like everything else now. And like we were fucking a bunch yeah. of weirdos that like didn't sound like everything else. Mm-hmm. And this was just like you could play this next to God Forbid and Turmoil and Lamb of God. And it was just like all the same. Uh, I, I remember I, being disappointed that it wasn't like in retrospect, it's those, you know, that to live and die record is good. Mm-hmm. Primarily because I those are songs that we had that they re-recorded sure, with him. Sure, sure. But like I feel like that really secure record, I was just kind of like, ah, oh, that kind of sucks because I feel like like those dudes had more in them than they gave. I, I was I mean, I was pretty miserable the entire time. I was I don't know how I toured as much as I did. I was yeah. I'm definitely because I was there. Yeah, I kept you saying I kept easier. you from flipping and, tables and. Yeah, and I think it was, all, <laughs> but I think it also becomes you feel some sort of obligation. Like if right. you, if you if you're the linchpin of this band and you decide I don't want to do it anymore, well yep. then the band goes away. So there was this feel. I remember going on tour after Tom with Artie, and we were I forget what it was. It was. Um, we were we were we had just come home from a leg of a tour. We were home for like ten hours, and we had to go back on tour. Yeah, and I remember, it's like the biggest. I remember getting gas and talking to Pat and saying, "What the fuck are we doing? Like, none of us Wasn't wanted to. Right nobody before. wanted to do that this. That was the end. Yeah, yeah. Right. no one wanted to go. And yeah. here we are. We're going. I'm like, do you want to go? No. Right. Do you want? No one wanted to go. Yeah. But we're going. Pearl Jam style. Yeah. Are we bound out hard. of obligation? Is that all we are? It was horrible. Mm-hmm. And it was like. And there's this like diffusion of responsibility where everyone's like, well, I'm doing it for him and he's doing it. But no one actually wanted to go. No, everybody's pointing around the circle. Yeah. And, yeah. and it was like, but this is, this, that, that was our life. That was our job. It was everything. So there was no way for us to just like shut it down. Right. And it's your job. It's, it's everything. But it's not like it's our job and we're socking money away. Going to buy a house next no, year. No, it was horrible. It was horrible. We're, we're, paying, we're, we're living just past hand to mouth. Yeah. yeah. And it got, ju- it got just as bad as far as like the internal stuff in the band. It was, yeah. And he was a drinker. It was just as miserable yeah. as right. it was. And with, then Bago quit. Right. And so it was sort of like, okay, this wasn't necessarily the thing. 
And Tom, what were you doing? You you now were in grad I think school. It was, green, out of the it was greener pastures. It was like, okay, if maybe if, if Tom, you know, Tom seems to be the one that everyone's decided Tom is the problem. It, right. Because so I was we, the one without like a. So if we get rid of Tom, then everything's going to be great. <laughs> and it wasn't great because no. it was the same problems again. Right. Because right. I think really the problem was no one really knew if we wanted to keep doing this. Right. And in the form in which you had done it, wasn't sustainable to do is like a hey now like you could have done indecision the way you did it in 1996 and 97 in 98 99 2000 and like right I mean, everything it, was you like couldn't have done it to the wall yeah, it right. was just like we couldn't go and like like we're gonna do two weeks it was like we're going to europe like we yeah. literally left in september i came back the night before thanksgiving like right, because that's there's not a, normal. Like that's right. well, and, and, now and, people you know, go for ten days. Well, and some back people then it sort of was. Some people, and, but for some kids. people, no. they they enjoy that. And yeah. at some some people are at a stage in their life where they can do that, and some people aren't. Right. And it's I feel it's like hard. Europe was. I loved doing the Europe stuff because like people. The first were, tour was fun, even aside from the mess in Austria. But we still had a good time. No, that's even what I'm saying. Then, yeah, no, we, like, even though we were pretty, there for two months, I think people I cared. I think if we're being real, there's also greener pastures too. Like, hey, buddy. Little thing. A lot of us were miserable on tour. And yeah. Tom, you yeah. included. I like, was miserable as fuck. Homesick, miserable. So yeah. I think, you know, and I think a lot of that stuff, again, we kept pushing and trying, thinking we were fixing stuff. Oh, it's this, it's that, it's the yeah. label, it's Tom, right. it's Artie. Who the? It was just, we weren't, I don't know. like Plugging holes on a leaky ship. Yeah. 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 No. Um, so what's the wind down? What was the breaking point for indecision in the final form with Artie? Because uh, you said you lost. Bagel quit. quit. That okay. was bad because then Pat lost. Then his the buddy. chemistry was totally yeah. off because yeah. now Pat yeah. didn't have his counterweight his buddy, in Bago. Right. You and know, then I, I played bass. Bago was like a calming influence in a way. Yeah, it just that was the wheels just and, fell off. Yeah, I play, I was playing. We had um, what's his name? Joe, Joe Rubino. Rubino. That the was, chemistry was all messed up. It was right. all messed yeah, up. Yeah, and then I played bass, and that was like no. Yeah, and then and this is you know, and then I sort of caused the end. And okay. Like I, I f- facilitated it coming quicker. <laughs> what happened? Yeah, we were on a show and we played a show in New Mexico. We were on tour with Kill Your Idols. Typical, again, silo, silo mania. It was. I remember we had a couple of days off before. This is when Pat met his wife. Actually, yeah, Same. they were hanging yeah. out in Texas. Everyone hated each other. We got right. in the van. Yeah, we would all split up on days off. Yeah, because you're in the van. Everybody's yeah. like, oh, get in the van. Yeah. No one says a word. Everyone hates each other. It was horrible. I could still. <laughs> I'm thinking I that still. Saturday Night Live skit when Will Ferrell's like sitting like. Everyone's silent. Like, I'm a goddamn branch manager. <laughs> like, you guys were like dead silent. It was like, miserable. No, no I think was like torturing people. Like, it's horrible. I think fucking Lou with Snapple bottles. Like, but like at the same time, so relatable. Punch. This is so relatable <laughs> yeah. to people. If there's been someone who's sitting in a van right now, listen to this. I know you sort of hate that dude sitting next to you right now. <laughs> yeah. I know it. Yeah. And the dude next to him. And these might be your best friends. And guess what? In 10 years, these will probably be your, your best, best friends, friends again. again. Yeah. Right. But right now, yeah. just, just it keep horrible. it cool. It was yeah. miserable. It and was then, tough because it's like a lot of work. You know, it was like you. everyone was working so hard and it was like, this is going nowhere. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things. It was kind of like, and then Artie, what was it? The whole thing where like, I just, we were just tired of the drinking on tours too much, and then he just was saying stupid shit, and then I, I called him out on stage About saying, drinking like, yeah, oh, in like, New Mexico, you, yeah. yeah, if you keep drinking. Is that like, El Paso or New Mexico? Oh, El sorry, El Paso, oh, sorry. And then that was that, I forget what he said. Jake, like, if you drink, if you take a drink, sip of that drink, I'm going to walk off and he went, yeah. And then he's dang. like, oh, I guess we're breaking up, and then that was it. That was it. <laughs> All right. 
And then we went cool. to get in the van, and the van had broken down yeah. because someone left the engine on or something. Jesus Christ. So it's just always something. So for you, Tom, this you time You got rented a car and drove home. Yeah. You got to see them go and, and tour hard, and, and like they're actually kind of making hay, doing an decision, but you're not part of it. Yeah. But you didn't. You also weren't totally regretting it because you, you were happy I not to be on it, tour. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I think like... It was cool. And this was you at in grad school on your way to lawyerdom. Like, right. And doing, quite doing honestly, it wasn't that, like you know. all of a sudden it was like, you know, they made the change and then all of a sudden it was like, <gasps> no, they were like the biggest, this is the reason why. Like it was like, no, trajectory. It was work yeah. kind of building up to that. Mm-hmm. And then it was kind of like already had the easiest job in the world. So I, I kind of see where we're going to go to this. Are we going to so break up now before? We're going to, no, no, no. We got, we got a few, few things. So you're not talking to these folks, Tom. Um, while this is going on, no. or have no. you? No, not no, after. not till after. A few months after we actually broke up as a band, I think that Justin and Tom started talking again. Is this on AIM? Yes. Yeah. So you decide to send well, the no, message. Actually, our, uh, Pat and Bago reached out. My dad died. Yeah. Mid. Uh, ninety-nine. Okay. Father's Day ninety-nine. Yeah. And like Pat and Bago like reached out and like sent cards and stuff. Sure. So that was like the only yeah that's yeah that's nice. <sighs> when do you reconnect with Justin? Um, he walked by your your office with the long box yeah. taped to the door, and he goes, "Hey, I don't remember how <laughs> we started talking again." Indecision was done. Indecision was done. And what are you doing now? Now indecision's done. Your job's over. What are you doing? I was working at a radio station. Okay, working for Radio Check, right? Yeah, I, I think I went back to school. Okay. Tom, you're doing grad school. I was in grad school and I was working at. Well, I remember actually, I had gone back to school too, and someone came and told me, "This is when indecision really broke up." Pat had tried out for Soulfly (laughs) and lied and didn't tell us. Right, he had to skip a date, or he said he had to go home for something, and he actually flew flew to try for Soulfly. I remember I was at I was at I was at College of Staten Island, and someone told me that Pat was playing in another band and he wanted to leave in decision or something. <laughs> and I think I finally just called Pat and I was like, what's, what's going on, dude? Yeah. You know? And I remember then, hearing about the soul fight thing while it happened because like Garamol told me, I was like... Yeah, and then it, we were like, let's just, you know, if you, you're already, you sound like you're looking to, to move on. Let's, let's call let's it just kill this thing. Yeah. It, just, it just died. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're all doing your thing. When do you start getting the itch to play music again? Like immediately, right? I mean, yeah. I think um, it was not very. I think I immediately. I think reaching back out to Tom. I don't remember how we started talking again, but I remember reaching back to act to Tom was really trying to get back to the fun part of just playing, going a fast lane. Like mm-hmm. it, it felt like that was the last time that it was actually fun because as soon as we started getting serious it just started started sucking right everyone hated each other whatever like we were having fun when it was like 40 of our friends at a show right putting out demo tapes and that yeah. was connection you had with tom pretty specifically and yeah i mean yeah, we I got along so. non-band wise with everybody right. that was a problem but like stick us in a van for two months you're gonna fucking hate anybody anyway <laughs> it's true. you know what i'm saying like you guys i don't think we realize that no. i think we were I children we all assume like other bands must have a great but then, meanwhile you run out to the, everyone hated each other yeah you and run you, people you know go, oh, thank christ i'll go hang out with you instead of these fucking ass yeah, right. when you're yeah. in it you don't realize not at all right. so. i mean they fought like pad bag never fuck just because they just do pot and just fucking hang, whatever but like maybe we should all just do pot maybe, yeah and like he i was working on like pain weber or something and he he i am me and i was like you do by like doing something you know like nothing serious 
Mm-hmm. You know, like we won't tour or anything, but like uh-huh. let's just fuck around. And I remember being like, we're going to have to have a real long talk, buddy. And like we had like a clear in the air session. I don't think I was part of that. Though. No. All right. Well, <laughs> I was trying to get you out of the band. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Maybe we'll talk again soon. Cliffhanger. Bye. We got to do another episode.